Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, my name is John Jagu. Glad to have you guys with us this evening. Uh, a, a somber week uh, for folks that uh, that follow Mexican soccer with uh, what's happened in Mexico City over the past, well, I guess a, a couple days ago with uh, their earthquake early on the anniversary of the, uh, on the same day of the earthquake in 19, 1985. Uh, because of such, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that there was a loss of life and buildings that have kind of collapsed, it, it has affected uh, pretty much the, the everyday life in Mexico City. School is uh, suspended until Friday. Uh, I'm sure the folks are having a real hard time going to work, and and, and frankly, the, the the spirit of the of the folks who live in the city helping everybody out to try and dig out uh, possible survivals from the rubble has actually been uh, has been very inspiring. So it's uh, very good to see. Uh, the, the folks in Mexico City come together to to help everybody out. So it's a, uh, you know, it's uh, just when you think that you've uh, lost your faith in humanity, uh, you would see stuff like that. So very, very, very proud of uh, of the folks in Mexico City, uh, my hometown, actually, Mexico City. So very, very proud to see my fellow Chilangos uh, doing what they're doing. But we'll talk about all that and some other things uh, this evening. On probably will probably be uh, not necessarily the, the longest uh, podcast that we'll do uh, this year, but uh, certainly one of the uh, one of the most important, and uh, be, because as such, we have a, as always, a distinguished panel of guests with us this evening. And uh, again, we'll go uh, right to left uh, in the country. We'll start out in California, as we always do in this case, uh, with uh, Daniel Preciado, who joins us from Escondido, which uh, is uh, northeast of San Diego. I'm getting the geography better. All right. Yeah, I'm getting. Uh, I like the. The Google Maps to check. Well, it out. I look at yeah, I like to look at maps. Uh, anytime, I, anytime I see something that I've never seen, where it is, well, I want to find out where that is. So I always, always, I always look at uh, look at maps. But it's uh, good to have as, you on. As here. the name, yes, uh, glad to be here. But as the name uh, indicates, it's a bit hidden. Is it? Have you ever been to Puerto Escondido, which is in uh, Oaxaca? It's one of the uh, one of the last no. uh, sleepy coastal towns that hasn't been taken over by all inclusives. Over on the Pacific side, it's supposed to be. I've never been there either. It's supposed to be very, 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 very nice. No, no, no. haven't been, haven't been on uh, to that beach yet. Yeah. Well, Dan, we'll we'll jump into it a little later. But uh, before we before we uh, dig in, maybe a little a little appetizer for us. Uh, uh, your team Santos uh, made uh, uh, probably the only soccer news of the week that had to do with stuff on the field. Yes, and that was uh, that they uh, – they pulled the plug on the uh, Jose Manuel de la Torre era, the Chepo era in uh, in Santos. It lasted about what thereabouts about a year. Or so was it about a year? a year? About a year, yeah. Uh, less probably, I think, because uh, I think he came in at the tail end. I believe, yeah. yeah. It's about so, a little under a year. So hasty, not hasty. What is your what is your your your, your gut reaction? I don't think it was hasty. Um, slightly surprising, I guess. Um, I thought they probably would have given him a little bit more time, and, and the team were showing some signs. Now that the team was finally getting healthy, I figured they might give him some time, but I was mistaken. I know um, too bad uh, our friend Joel is not on so that he could, you know, uh, contribute his uh, his theories as to what happened. Um, I... I'm, I haven't heard too much of anything behind the scenes of extra gunshot stuff, but <clears throat> the results on the field didn't don't help his didn't help his case. So I was never all that invested. So personally, I'm not not upset about it. Uh, 
but yeah, just disappointed with overall with the team's performance more than anything. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like, you know, you know, Santos is, I mean, they've over the years as, as consistent as, as they've been, you know, because of that consistency, they, they expect coaches to have their team play at a certain level. And the reality is that Santos is if you're not playing at that level and they're going to, you know, you're going to have to pay the piper at some point. And, uh, and Chepo's number came up, but uh, again, a topic we'll talk about, uh, uh, at yep. detail a little bit uh, a little bit later in the show. So moving uh, moving uh, from west to east, we'll stop in uh, in, uh, in in Kyle, Texas, which is just uh, a little southeast of Austin, where our technical director uh, Beto El Chiquis Campa joins us. Beto, how are you? Hey, doing good, guys. What's up? We're we're doing all right, Beto. Uh, how are things for you and Kyle? Are you? Uh, how, by the way, first of all, I know that you you guys have have immediate family in in in. Uh, in the outs- in and around Mexico City in the outskirts. Anybody everybody okay? Uh yeah, one of my cousins works in the government building that got damaged, but everyone was out fine. Everyone else uh the other cousins and and, and nephews and stuff got out. One of the kids I think was in a school that got damaged as well. But uh yeah, all the families is fine. So Actually, some uh, some uh, family members that live in Arizona went down to visit, so they got to experience all that. And uh, see, so yeah, I was a they got the, the full Mexico City experience. That's for sure. It's a, yeah, you know, growing up as a kid down there, I, I didn't. I was I had already left by the time the eighty five when it happened. But uh, I mean, well, you guys not live in California. I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, you'll just be having breakfast. I'll simply you know, and you see the chandelier shake, and, and then it actually seems to shake less here in San Diego than in L.A. Yeah, I don't know if it's just my perception, but it does it certainly feels that way. Yeah, but but you know what I'm talking about, Dan. I mean, all of a sudden, you, and then and then you know you're hoping, okay, is that going to be it? You know, because uh, yeah, and and it, it always uh, seems that the time um, gets extended. Like you really feel the 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 full duration of a second. Um, it just seems like because I we've never had anything catastrophic. At least I've never experienced anything like super long lasting. Most of the time, it's like 13 seconds or 10 seconds, but it feels like forever while it's happening. And yeah, you have that thing. It's like, all right, is this it or is it going to get worse? And then, and then, right. like you're just. But yeah, we've been. Uh, we, I haven't. We haven't had a really strong one in. I'd say probably over 20 years now. Now you, uh, well, we'll talk about, but 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 you probably remember the '94 one that hit LA pretty. Yeah, it was pretty rough on it. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh... A little bit later. Before we do that, though, we need to introduce our, the last uh, member of our panel who joins us finally again after, I don't know, like a, a month of, of moonlighting over on some other Chivas-related podcast. I guess, you know, <laughs> not, not, not good enough to hang out with us, especially on our 100th show. I mean, really. I mean, and, and, and to have, you know, a, a, a distinguished guest. You know, I, I would normally play the Guadalajara entry for you, but because I think, I think we do have to punish you a little bit for... For not first, so so we'll, so we'll play Guadalajara for you, but we're going to play the uh, the Elvis version. <laughs> first, we're talking about uh, Rigoberto Raton Ayala. Rigo, how are you, sir? Good in yourself. Miss, I missed all you guys. Missed all yeah. your voices. Well, we're glad to have you back. Now, of course, we're just kidding. I know that you you had uh, some natural disasters yourself that you had to work through with uh, yeah, Hurricane um, Irma. Hurricane Irma that that went blasting up I seventy five, and and Orlando got the the eastern lashes. So how 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 bad was it? 
uh, I actually fled the city, and uh, I made a weekend of it. And I went down to New Orleans. Um, there are worse places we, to flee to. Yeah, but what what what's normally a seven and a half hour drive was about fourteen hours. Because uh, all the people uh, on the road. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy, and we were taking back roads. We were trying to cut across, you know, different parts of, of the state, but you would always hit, you would always hit these like traffic blocks where it doesn't matter where you went. There was just so much traffic. Chiki, um, have luckily, you ever, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no I was going to say, l- luckily nothing, nothing uh, happened to my home. We, my house actually didn't, never lost power. I know because my uh, stove clock wasn't flashing when I got home. Right. Um, so I, you know, I, I was fine. My family, all my family here, they they were fine as well. Did you have to board up your windows before you left? Uh, I I probably should have, but I didn't. Uh, I mean, I, none of my neighbors did in my neighborhood. Right. Um, so you don't want to be. So you, you wouldn't want to be the first one, but you will sure be the second one. Yeah. Plus, yeah. we don't really have a lot of like tr- a lot of big trees in in this area where I live. But like, uh, well, where my brother lives is a tons of trees people with their houses boarded up right uh, uh, and I, I drove by there recently and there's like three or four houses where tree just pretty much like split a whole house and um, uh, how much rain did Orlando end up getting but about like 15 20 inches it was, it was no, pretty bad that's there's, a lot there's, of rain. you're very lucky there's still, there's, there's still some it. places without power I got a before yeah. and after of uh, Sarasota my sister stayed in Sarasota they, they ended up not leaving so um, I got a before and after of a little like stream by the house. Yeah, it filled up pretty good, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. You know what's funny is is the the storm actually turned in like right under Sarasota, right, and came inland, and like Tampa was like completely saved. Like a, like a, one of my coworkers' brother lives in Tampa, and he said that his house was perfectly fine. He lived right on the water. He's like the the water in the in the bay actually like got sucked up. And they had like no like minor flooding. Yeah, that's never good when uh, when when you see the tide that low because you're thinking, yeah. what the hell is causing that's that? Fuck, that's fucking scary. Yeah, that's that's something I, I I never I I remember even during that that awful tsunami in 2004, all the people where that where that had happened, and they're just walking out into the you know oh, basically into the extended beach, you know, seeing all these fish flopping around, and you're like. You know, and, then, and I, you know, I didn't think about it at the time. Then I thought about it. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's exactly what happens when a wave comes. You know, the water gets pulled, you know, back into the into the surf. So if it gets pulled back that far, you know, something gigantic is coming. So, you know, word to the wise: when you see that, run like hell. So, oh, yeah, that's fucking scary. Yeah, that's uh, not 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 anything that uh, that we ever want to see. Well, we do uh, thank everybody for for hopping on. Now, I'd ask y'all earlier today. If you guys remember the earthquake uh, that happened in New Mexico in 1985, which was uh, to the day, it was the same day, September, was it 19th? Was that, yeah, it was two days ago, right, when the earthquake happened. So, so September, it was yesterday that the earthquake happened. Two days ago. Two days ago. Two days ago. So on September 19th, 1985, they had an earthquake, and this was back, uh, uh, you know, in the days of, without the internet. Without the, you know, the only the only modes of communication at that point uh, were 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 you know at least person to person were, were was the telephone, and the earthquake in in Mexico City which they had two they had an eight point one which is unheard of. I mean that is 
I mean, I know that people are saying, well, you know, with uh, the building codes and stuff, nothing is going to withhold withstand an 8.1 earlier. That, that is that is as big as they get. And then they had an aftershock a few days later of like 7.6. I mean, they they just got rocked awfully by these two earthquakes, and they knocked down the 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 uh, the, the, the the gigantic telephone pole that 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 sent out all the local law enforcement calls in the city. So the telephone lines were completely knocked out. The Mexico was basically running blind as far as that for. For, for an entire week, maybe even longer. I'm not sure exactly when they got the phones turned up. So, so the only way that they could they could send messages out to the world was via satellite on on Televisa and also on. I'm not sure if it had become Azteca or Imevisión had become Azteca at that time. So, I was actually home sick from school. I was a freshman in high school, and my father called from the office and said, "I just heard on the radio that there was an earthquake in Mexico City. Can you put on CNN to watch?" So I put it on CNN. And they're talking about this earthquake, and they haven't shown any pictures yet. But said it was it was a terrible earthquake. The epicenter w- was uh, 50 miles due west of Acapulco, which basically puts it you know right in the ocean there. And said it was an 8.1. Well, at the time, my grandparents were living in Acapulco, and then the same woman said in, in the same breath, and 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 they're reporting, you know, the the biggest waves that Acapulco has ever seen. You know, like like tsunamis, just you know, one after the other in Acapulco. So we're in a major panic. Because uh, the, the house that they lived on was uh, was was on a cliffside, so it either we, we thought it either slid into the ocean or a gigantic wave came and just knocked them out. We had no idea. So later that afternoon, you're, you're watching the news, and Jacobo Saulovsky. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that name. He was the uh, the guy that he was like the Walter Cronkite of Mexico for for hundreds of years on on the show 24 Horas. Uh, very famously, wore the gigantic headset. Uh, that that was that was his trademark. He just wore this like like huge, like nineteen seventies headphones, uh, as 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 he would read the news. And, and what he's doing is that for a good half hour was was just essentially sending government telegrams to different parts of the world. And one of the telegrams he sent was to FIFA because Mexico was hosting the World Cup in nineteen eighty six. And he said uh, he said you know this message goes to FIFA Lucerne or wherever they are Geneva I forget where it is. And he says, Estadio Azteca is, is, did not sustain damage. It's still good. You know, the Olympic Stadium is still good. And the stadium in Toluca is, is still standing. All, all three stadiums are still standing. And then he wanted the next message and the next message and the next message. And because of the fact the telephones were down, we had no idea what was going on with, with my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. We were completely blind. So we didn't hear anything for, uh, I mean, it had to, I mean, I guess it was until Saturday afternoon when we got a collect call from a ham radio operator and finally my uncle was able to send a message through ham radio. And this guy said, Hey, everybody's okay. So it took us five was it that was on Monday. So five days to, to find out, uh, you know, what, 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 what the situation was with our family down in, uh, in Mexico city. In this last one, I was able to, uh, WhatsApp my cousin and he, you know, throughout the entire day, which just kept giving me, more updates and more updates, more updates of what was going on with uh, with our family. And it turns out that my my other cousin Michelle, who's uh, in med school at uh, at at UNAM, uh, has spent the last two days, you know, basically in triage, helping uh, helping wounded victims. And uh, uh, but you know, and because of that, uh, I, I did I did see a report today that uh, the Estadio Azteca was damaged. I don't know if, did you guys hear anything different? I just got a little little blipper on my on my phone, but I mean, I saw some people thinking that it was damaged, but that was just, it was too bad. The Ron's not on. So I can explain to us the, uh, the, uh, 
I saw oh. that picture. I saw that picture where it, they said it was damaged, and then somebody said that that it wasn't damaged. That it was that yeah. it was built like that, right? To it's specifically uh, to to withstand what just happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I haven't heard anything else about it having damage. Probably just pull up on the Twitter really quick. Yeah, I mean, I just got a little blipper on the on one of the one. There was a little update that said, you know, game and, uh, you know, NFL game and doubt about Sestica may be damaged. So I don't know if it's going to be damaged. I don't see how it could be. Now, as far as the soccer world, I think that what we've seen over the past two days, you know, aside from the unbelievable amount of help and support that the that the, this, the people of Mexico City have been, have been providing each other, uh, every single uh, Liga MX uh, club set up themselves as a as a uh, collection point for folks to donate whatever it was that they could. And uh, it wasn't just Mexico City that was affected. So it was Mexico City and then uh, parts of Puebla and uh, parts of Morelos uh, and also parts of uh, Tlaxcala, which is uh, just due east of Mexico. And, of course, Mexico City. Now, one thing that I have noticed is that uh, – the death toll in, in 1985 was was upwards of 10,000, and I think in this one in Mexico City, uh, I think that it, it, right now it, it's in Mexico City. I think it's still under 150, which is it's actually uh, about 270 right now. I think. Yeah, but I think that includes everything. I think, I think specifically in Mexico City, I thought it was like half oh, okay, of that. yeah, yeah. But you know, and a lot of that was was due to the you know as Ron was pointing out to us earlier in the week that because of that earthquake, that yeah, they did have to. Uh, raise the standards of, of, of what a building could be to, to determine, you know, in, in order for it to be built so that it can withstand things like this. Cause this, this happens in Mexico. I don't, I'm not gonna say a regular basis, but it's happened since, you know, they had one in 1957, they had one in 1985, they hadn't had one now. So they happen about every 30 years is when they have these, these types of gigantic earthquakes and, uh, it was uh, it was very unfortunate, but I mean, I I even saw footage of of Cruz Azul's uh, coach uh, Paco Gemes, uh, you know, working till you know the long hours into the night, uh, you know, doing whatever he could to help. And and I think we've seen that across the the entire spectrum, of not just of Liga Mekis, but of, of of just just you know people in Mexico, which uh, you know you know at least you know like I said, you know, kind of gives me a little more hope for for humanity that. Uh, you know, I, regardless of how, you know the unfortunate circumstances of, of 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 why people came together and the fact that they did, and especially in a country like Mexico that is so, uh, you know, it's so unfortunate, just just so cynical and so, uh, you know, just browbeaten by you know the just the corruption and it, it just going to go down the list, you know, and for people to, you know, put all that aside, so you know what it doesn't matter because we all you know we all need each other right now, and it just it was it was really frankly just uh, pretty pretty. I did see one comment on a chat group. Watch. There was a comment of uh, uh, asking if anybody's seen the video of a, of a building shaking and a bunch of rats coming out. And uh, the video was actually the uh, um, the Senate. The building was shaking. All the senators and and stuff were coming. <laughs> right. The politicians were running out. But uh, no, I, I put I posted a video on the uh, on the thing of the Azteca. It's it's built that way, and you can see it just like um, opening and closing, right? Which is what it's designed it's to do. Yeah, so it's it's normal. It looks like it's all cracked and everything, but it goes all the way from the top down to the to right. the bottom. So it's and it probably has like that uh, that smooshy black stuff in in between, so that it can 
yeah. so it can it can absorb the uh, the collision. I mean, we have that in our own house. If you if you ever go outside and you go to the brick facade of your house and you see that there's this you know this this one gigantic line, you know it's it's done for the same reason. It's you know at least at least in Austin particularly where you know we don't have the most solid uh, bedrock so to speak where it's you know we have a lot of underground caves and stuff and with the with the heat that we get in the summer you know things things tend to settle and contract and this and that and and uh, it's just a, just a way for your house to help keep its uh, its balance on the foundation. I wish you know it's too bad that Ron isn't on. He could go into a little bit more detail, much more so than I could. So uh, yeah, so 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 that 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 was actually part of the part of the stadium design, designed specifically to withstand. You know, in addition to many other things, you know, uh, an earthquake. Now, was it designed to withstand a seven point one? Who knows? But obviously, you know, the Azteca has been around for since 1966 so it uh it has seen its fair share of uh of of earthquakes now dan you uh you 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 were a teenager what during the 1994 quake in, in la right so you probably have yep. vivid memories of that i'm sure yeah i remember remember it perfectly actually is uh early a.m hours and my brother was out partying he was i guess a senior in high school i believe I was in eighth grade, and uh, yeah, man, that, that one was uh, was scary because you were asleep and it just jolted you up uh, violently. And uh, but we had experienced a, a number of uh, pretty good sized earthquakes before that, so you kind of at least I knew what to do. Like you know, you, you you pop up and then you just at least at that back then they used to tell you to get underneath doorways. That's no longer recommended. Because of swinging doors and loss of fingers, um, so now it's against uh, walls, against a solid uh, weight-bearing wall. That's where you want to be waiting. But anyways, um, yeah, it was it was scary, man. Um, I, I had a I had a, like a two-month-old, like a just a puppy that I that we just bought. The little pop instincts kicked in. I remember grabbing him right away because he was scared, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I just remember my brother getting back uh, drunk, and all everybody telling the story. And the one thing I remember that was really trippy though was watching uh, watching the news because everybody's just watching the news to see like what what they're talking about and how strong it was and everything. And then they're uh, just to give you an idea of where I was. I'm south of the ep- I was south of the epicenter. So, and um, the news was also north of me. So they they're talking they're they're doing like a live shot and they're like oh we're we're experiencing another really strong uh, aftershock and I'm like that's odd I don't feel anything and then just like about five seconds later then they, you, you feel you feel that that shock that they were talking about pretty trippy yeah in fact uh, in 1985 Mexico they had an aftershock that was again above seven and uh, we had some friends of ours that just. And, and it happened at night, and they just they'd grabbed their kids, and they walked onto the yard, and were just waiting for their house to collapse because of the of what had happened earlier in the week. So yeah, it's uh, earthquakes are, and where you are and where it's located. I mean that that's that's key, man. Um, you know, like it's it's because I know my my now wife she she she, li- she lived in um that was in Northridge. She she lived in like in in the in the San Fernando Valley, and so she must've felt it like way, way more than I did. Cause if you're right near the epicenter, like you, you really get, feel the full force of it. You, the farther you get, the it does get, it does lessen quite a bit. 
So you're saying that uh, things... Uh... Well, I'm saying like, because like you were telling me that it was an 8.1, like, and that just sounds insane yeah. to me. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, that, something like that, like if that was located where this one took place, I think uh, the damage could have been way worse. Way oh, worse. absolutely. There's no question. I mean, just the, I mean, the earthquake that hit San Francisco and uh, during the uh, 1989 World Series, uh, I mean, I don't think was, it was, was, was any bigger than a seven, I don't think. And then, I mean, that thing was, was, but it happened uh, right, smack, right there. Yeah, it was, was pancaking uh, freeways. Yeah, that was uh, that was awful. It's pretty amazing. Have you? I'm not sure if you've seen some of the the, the footage of what of uh, the stadium at, at at Cal. They're like the, the the stadium's moving in opposite directions. It's being like torn in half. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly. Yeah. See, I just, I mean, growing up, I was telling my cousins, like, dude, I was like, you know, I'll, you know, living in Austin, we get, you know, the in, in from April to June, we have to worry about tornadoes, uh, you know, and then after, you know, and then maybe in the summer, like, occasionally a hurricane comes by, but that's it, man. We don't have to, you know, there's no earthquakes, there's no tsunamis, there's, there's, there's none of that stuff. And, uh, ew. yeah, I'll take the earthquakes because they're so infrequent that most of the time you, you end up uh, not thinking about it. I think I'll take the hurricane. Where like, man, I, I've had nightmares where I, where I dive from a tornado, dude. Like severe weather scares the crap out of me. Well, yeah, the a hurricane is basically a gigantic tornado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but at least you see it coming. Like a, a hurricane, you, can't run you know away. it's I guess coming. That's true. You, you know, but, you know a it's tornado coming. hit our house this spring. <clears throat> oh wow! It, uh, it 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 knocked it knocked our biggest tree down. Our biggest tree just like like it snapped it like. Like a toothpick. There's a there's a road here not far from my house, probably like maybe like two miles from here, where there's like a whole row of like big trees just knocked down where you positive a tornado touched down and just knocked like a bunch of them. Because there was a there was a ton of tornado warnings here when now the hurricane hit. And then. And then Florida also have because like I don't know, dude. Like I, I, I maybe I watch too many documentaries, but like you know, everywhere you go has like you know, pick your poison type of place. But even Florida, yeah. they have like a bunch of sinkholes. Like that freaks oh, yeah, me out it's too. Bad. It's so bad here. Like um, especially here in Central Florida, there's a lot of sinkholes. Like there's been uh, resorts where like a chunk of a hotel will just like fall down, like fall through the ground. Yeah, I watched the documentary and I see like this dude who just like was sleeping and like the whole bedroom just like sunk, just yeah, fell and, and to oblivion. Like, did yeah, they never like, even recovered him? They, you, you, they, can't, they, they never get you back. It's just like, damn, what a way to go. Yeah, could you? Uh, <laughs> you think, you think uh, when you go like that, you, just, you, you automatically get sent to the front of the line? I'm literally going to hell. For, for whatever happens next? You would hope so, right? You just hope that the fall is like long enough so that when you actually hit, that it's just quick. Or you just hopefully didn't wake up at all and just slept through the whole thing. Or you just you probably just you probably just die from like the fall, like from being the heart, like, the heart attack, the heart yeah, attack and, of like and, and, you're and falling. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if if, if they can ever find him, I mean, would, would he like like you know go into the Earth's core and just be incinerated and you know immediately just just. 
totally fine. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, what what's at the bottom? Just I'm assuming water. Well, it's it's dried up like water wells, which I'm surprised that it doesn't happen in Mexico City more often. Considering the city's built on like on top of a city on top of a lake. Well, see, but that's actually the. But I think the bedrock Mex- is still there. Has, has saved Mexico City from earthquakes in the past, is because of the fact that it's on it's on that lake bed, that soft lake bed, that you know if if you if you have the plate that that that, that slides and moves, you know, like like the when it goes underneath, and then you have like the lateral movement, <laughs> that helps out Mexico, Mexico City. But when you have the one to have the when they have the collision and it kind of reverberates and it and it shakes up and down, the, the, then you have problems. And it seemed like this one and as it did a lot of damage. There's no question, but it seemed like this one wasn't necessarily as as uh, as as bad as the as as the one in 1990. Because one in 1985, I mean, just it just well, completely just to give devastated you an idea, John, downtown. Uh, the one I think in Northridge was 6.8, which is pretty close to what was felt in Mexico. Right, relatively close. And for the most part, the the city is pretty unscathed. Um, very few casualties for the most part, um, because most of the most of the, most of LA is built built for for earthquakes at this point. Right. So, um, like I said, like I think eight point one. That's when you really start testing, like the engineering, like at, at its absolute maximum. Like that's exactly. like Japan strong. Like you right. just. The, the eight point one was like, like a couple of weeks ago, right? Well, they, that, well, that was, was the, 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 but in eighty five was an eight point one, and then they had the one in again just just level towns in Chiapas. That was an eight point one, and that one people said like totally forgotten about that one. But I mean, that one destroyed a bunch of a bunch of uh, a bunch of pueblitos in, in Chiapas too. I think yeah, uh, the parents, reason they didn't get coverage was that they felt it. Wow, my, pa- my, pa- my parents were on vacation in Cancun, and they were like, "We, we I wouldn't felt, felt the earthquake." You know, that's how strong it was. Well, the one in Houston, I remember in New Mexico City, '85, that was felt as far as Houston. People that were in the tops of the skyscraper said so the skyscraper started swaying when it happened. Wow. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've been. Uh, um, I used to work in downtown, and I've been um, in the building during earthquakes. It's a. It's hard to, in the moment, uh, rationalize it and to calm yourself, thinking, "Look, this is probably one of the most safest places you could actually be." Um, because the shaking is just so much more, and then it, sh- it just keeps shaking afterwards, even after the earthquake stopped, because it just rollers the building. So you just keep rocking, and then you hear the squeaking of the glasses and the squeaking of the of the of like the joints in the building. Just oh, it's awful. That sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, it is awful. I don't know if I ever want to hear that. Frankly, it's a that right there, that that sensation was absolutely terrifying. Like seriously, I don't care, man. I never want to be anywhere near downtown LA during an earthquake because you have to worry about all that shatter, shattering the the panes of glass that are going to be falling down hundreds of feet. It sounds uh, like some yeah. of the noises that that, that Rigo makes when Chivas is losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. I forgot this was a soccer podcast. Now, uh, speaking of which, now that obviously we talked about the teams. That uh, you know, every every club has become a, a collection point. Uh, they've they've set up triage centers, uh, not just in at the Azteca, but also in Seu, where actually today they said, "Hey, we have an abundance of things. This is what we have. Where can we send them?" So, one of the you know, this is one of the uh, you know the areas of, of where social media has actually been really helpful because uh, 
you know, folks are, 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 are trying to triangulate their information to get to, you know, point out where help is needed, you know, where can they send stuff, who needs stuff, et cetera. So it seems like the, uh, the response has, um, has been great. I mean, I, I've seen, uh, you know, the, uh, players from, from uh, Club America, from Cruz Azul, from, from Pumas, all, uh, you, you know, get on their, you know, roll up their sleeves and, you know, and do as much as they can. You know, Paco Hemis has been helping out. I saw images of other Cruz Azul players and, uh, you know, Piojo was loading a truck uh, for, you know, in America. So that's, uh, it has been, uh, it has been a, uh, it seems like a nationwide response to, uh, to what 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 this has been in, in Mexico City, and uh, just seeing the first few uh, minutes of the uh, of folks uh, in one of the buildings just just showing all the all the little puffs of white smoke uh, that, that that were popping up all over uh, that part of Mexico City, which I guess is the southern part of the city, is just you know it's 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 absolutely it's absolutely heartbreaking. But uh, you know you know so far you know at least the at least the the uh, the victims have has have been kept to what I would consider a minimum number for, for such a devastating, such a devastating earthquake. And because of such, they did cancel the uh, Copa Mekis games uh, this week. And also the, uh, the Liga Mekis games. And then this week was, uh, was a big week because it was going to be the, uh, the Super Clásico between Chivas and, uh, and America, which is now has going to, is going to be rescheduled till um, it looks like they're going to do a makeup date on, on the Wednesday following the, uh, the fecha fifas so it's going to be so everyone should have a a complete and full squad and frankly a, a wednesday a wednesday classico is, is is actually not a bad little deal i think that's gonna that should be a lot of fun whether they plan it we know play it wednesday or thursday it should be a lot of fun and i think it'll help it'll it'll, it'll definitely help uh help the country heal a little bit well you know and and was the game scheduled to be played at, at uh at the azteca okay yeah it'll be saturday night right which was when it was originally going to be played, right? Yeah. So now they've 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 moved it to. Uh, to what about the to, Copa games? Uh, the Copa this games. Uh, I, I I think I think uh, I'm not sure afterwards. Exactly when, I think when they've been they've been done, but it's. Uh, I think it got moved to. I'll tell you right now. Um, if there's only this, a magic box where we could look up this information. But uh, it's been pretty nice though seeing some of the reaction, um, you know, on Twitter just by different people, uh, different like from keeping it soccer related. You know, some some of the some of the different figures uh, uh, in soccer. It's nice that that uh, you know, just really nice gestures. Kind of cool to see. Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the country received uh, warm wishes and uh, you know, whatever else you could say about. You know, like like people like Cristiano Ronaldo, people's you know, saying, so, you know, you know, I'm, you know, my thoughts are with you, Mexico, or whatever it is, and sending flags. And I know that uh, that that friend of the show, Martin Del Palacio, helped, uh, or with help of with with Chicharito and Miguel Ayun, uh, uh, started a little a little fun to see what what they could do with their goal of raising two hundred thousand dollars. And as we speak, they are uh, just inside of two thousand dollars left to meet meet their goal, and they set this up. What thirty hours ago? So, so yeah, it's it's pretty impressive that they uh, they've gotten donations from from uh, about forty eight hundred uh, folks from what I would guess would, would be from all from, from around the world, and uh, you know it's uh, like we said it was uh, pretty uh, pretty 
inspiring to see people come together to uh, to to try and help out as much as they can when they can. Actually, the coolest thing that I saw was, I think it was this morning, uh, somebody had posted a picture of a family that just drove up with their camioneta, opened up the tailgate, and just, just started pulling out food. And it was, and it actually looked delicious. It was, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, mole con pollo with with uh, with arroz and, and frijoles and all the tortillas. I mean, it looked outstanding. Frankly, it was wow. And and I'm sure that that was happening. Yeah, all I've over seen the a city. lot of it. Was them. happening all over the city. And I was hoping to. I've seen I didn't a lot get a of people to. selling tacos. Yeah. Taco deliveries. Just, yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, and, and tacos. I mean, they're like the like the world's greatest medicine food, anyway. I mean, just, I mean, they. I mean, the, the, to think of the unbelievable medicinal powers that a good taco has. You know, as far as uh, you know, it can cure the cruda. You know, we, we all are. I'm sure can can attest to. Well, maybe not everybody. I know Chiki's probably couldn't, but I'm sure that the, the three of us can say, "Yeah, I've had a I've had a, a a miracle taco before that has helped me shake the hair of the dog off my tongue." <laughs> and 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 lessen the the pounding in my head, you know. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's just it's just it's just been phenomenal. And uh, and Eric uh, Eric Gomez, who uh, works for ESPN, who uh, had just recently moved to Mexico City, was just talking about just 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 walking down the street and seeing, you know, everybody, you know, asking, "Hey, can I help you? What well, you know? What can we do? Can I offer you anything?" And just he said, it's just it's really been, really been a. Uh, really been inspiring so you know it's it's, it's good to see oh, i got the, i got the, i got the schedule for copa lay it on it's us it's gonna be the week october 24 25th oh so they're gonna so see now that to me actually makes more sense because you want you want the copa to culminate you know you know later in the year right so yeah i think that's kind of cool uh yeah it's gonna be uh... so they're gonna have no choice that's great okay. Because they'll play the round of 16, and then they'll have until, you know, at least December to play the rest of it. You know, it's uh, yeah. we should talk about Copa Mekis, uh since uh, it's kind of a, a somewhat relevant time. I like Copa Mekis. I think it's, I think it's fun as hell. I, I, I enjoy watching the first division against second division, teams that I've never really seen before. I remember uh, last year we were podcasting in the middle of it was like some random game between two it may have even been two second division teams and it was an just an outstanding uh end to end just crazy good goals it ended up like three two whatever it was it was just it was just really entertaining i was like man this you know this 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 that that from that point on i was i was actually hooked in i really wish they would change the format a little bit but i think that it can be a really 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 strong part of the, of, of mexican soccer's culture if if they do it right, because I remember even uh, when uh, Chivas played Leon in that final, was it two years ago? That was that was like a like a like a Wednesday. The one they lost, dude. I don't know. Did uh, they lose it? They lost the final with Chepo. Yeah, it was probably that one. Probably that one. If Chepo was involved, I'm sure it was a lot. Oh, ooh, I should. <laughs> you know, right now, get your digs in now, man. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's not here. Hey, I, it's, I, it's, I, I have again no, no, I have no issue with Chepo, but it's a, you got You got This is a results-oriented thing, and he ain't get, if you're not delivering, then coaches have. Yeah, let, let, his his argument is is ridiculous. Like if you're <laughs> not on because it's pure results. It's like he invented this extra cancha thing, like um, 
just to just to sort of mask and hide because it couldn't the exactly to muddy the waters. Yeah. Well, see, again, Santos is you know as long as I kind of went away from Liga Nikes, but I came back around the mid '90s, and that was when Santos uh, first started joining and started doing well. And they have been and for 20 years have been a you know outside of maybe Cruz Azul the most consistent team in, in Liga MX over those 20 years. They are I think Toluca. Good. I think Toluca has been the only team that has like a. There's one more, I think. I could be wrong. Right now, and the Pachuca and Toluca yeah. had their Pachuca, moment. Pachuca and yeah. Toluca, yeah. yeah. But but as far as like like teams that are just constantly in the yes, I bet you if if if, if we looked up the stats, I, I I would I would not be hesitant to to throw out that, that Santos would be in the top three of, of most league has made over the past 20 years. I mean, they've just been a consistently good team. And, you know, despite... They're almost the, in every single Conca Champions, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, and, and despite the fact that, uh, you know, they're not owned by by, by uh, the Modelo Group, I mean, they still, you know, they're, they're, they have, there's a certain level that they have to reach. And, uh, and right now, for right now that, yeah, right now that the, the, the team is, it's still like a wait and kind of see. Type of thing. I, I think they're they're still evolving from that team with the big with the, with lots of money and attractive soccer. I, I think they're still adjusting, still gradually uh, getting to where where they're where they want to get. I think too. I don't. I mean, they they win championships, and then if the coach in six or seven weeks, I just really the like the fact doesn't that do well. They, they always play pretty. Yeah, they. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> they went from like pony to to. Uh, to Ludueña, I mean, like those guys were just. I thought they they, they were like the creative forces behind the, the backbone of those teams that 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 just made them play so attractive uh, attacking football. Yeah, when when Pony Ruiz, I'm sorry, when Jared is is is, is uh, inducted into the Mexico Soccer and the Hall of Fame down in Pachuca, which he will be. I mean, Pony either needs to 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 read his uh, introduction speech, you know, to, to actually like do the ceremony to do it, or. You know, at the very least, hand him the hand him the speech so he can read it. Because as great as Jared was, I mean, I mean, Pony, good lord. Well, someone had to give him the ball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was just he was. I mean, even when you know, in in the last part of his career, I mean, he was still putting it there, just perfect. I mean, it was like God, this guy's just, you know, too bad he played for Chile like twice in, in his career. Because I mean, I know that people don't necessarily like Naturalizas. I don't know how you could not want to have a guy like that on your team if he wasn't available. I mean, he was, he was just an outstanding player. Is that why he never played for Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, he was tied. Cap tied. Oh, damn. Isn't that when, he, when he was, like, super young, it's just it's just nuts. I still think it was nuts that they didn't ever call – that they didn't call him. I think that's when I get the, I get the feeling that maybe the Mexican League didn't have the, the prestige that it's somehow right. gained uh, in, in, in recent – recent years because you're going to tell me a guy like that in his prime wouldn't make the team now right he would still as good as they are he would he would make that team i think i mean i feel the same way about cabinho especially when at that time brazil had you know they had 10 outstanding players on the field but they just they could not find that missing piece which was the striker and they tried you know they trotted all sorts of guys out to do that and then you know and what meanwhile cabinho it was brazilian and mexico is for 10 years was the leading goal scorer in Mexico. I mean, and it wasn't even close. I mean, occasionally maybe Ugo would get close, but I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was, and I don't think he ever, I don't think he even, even merited a consideration for a call, which is really a shame because he was outstanding. 
Outstanding. But anyway, so so back I think to that's Coco one thing. So, go, ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, please. No, no, no. By no, I was just gonna. Ahead. I was just gonna say that it, I think that somehow. Um, so uh, if we have a uh, Maradona to 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 thank, um, but it just seems that after he did it, it seemed like all the other countries started like thinking, "All right, sure, all right." Then because it could always seem like like yeah, he's doing good, but he's playing in Mexico, right? Um, so they just would never get a, a sniff at the at their national team, and now that's it's very much not the case. I mean, I think now they, they they're just paying attention, and if they're if they're in, in, a, in a really good form, then they're just going to... I think Gignac now, recently, I think he's also giving giving the league that credibility. I think and it I, matters. Imagine how different uh, people would feel about Gignac and, and Liga Mekis if, if his shot doesn't hit the post against Portugal in, the, in that Eurocopa final. I mean, he... Seriously. He might have left. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just how, you know, how much would that have changed his life to do that in San Denis, of all, of all places... You know, and 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 then when, you know, the 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 the, the write up that's that's sent a, a, around the world says the Tigres Nuevo León, you know, UINL player from Mexico, and the screenshot of, of him is 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 throwing the locos, locos y libres. Y libres. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that would. I mean, it just it just yeah, it would have been it would have been great. It would have been just just exactly the the worldwide credibility that that, that Liga Mekis. Uh, in my opinion, is, is is still lacking, and and, and I think it's a, it's a self inflicted wound because there's no reason for them not to, at the very least, put together like an hour. Like, you know, my favorite show is when I was a kid, uh, just because we we got such tiny little morsels. Was uh, I was on, I guess I don't know what Prime or which became Fox Sports Net, where they did the like the British. Uh, week in review. It was an hour long. They did they, just like you know, like three or four minute highlights of a game, and then they did like match of the day. It lasted about ten minutes. It was outstanding. It, it totally got me hooked on. I think at the time, uh, Ryan Giggs was uh, just starting out at Manchester United. He was like sixteen or seventeen, and it, just, it was like the Ryan Giggs show for for that time. Just just a great uh, highlight reel for him, and it just it, it totally reeled me in. I was like, man, if 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 other leagues did a show like this, it would be. You know it would, what? What a great way to advertise your league. And uh, well, it's it's funny though. You, you you see the teams put in the effort of bringing in these foreigners from really it's coming out to be like random places, really all over the place. But right. you don't see them catering or trying to provide the product in a in a palatable fashion for them. Like, yeah, it's it was weird it was... to me. I'm like, I'm like, so you're gonna bring in this Honda guy? I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, has Pachuca done anything in Japanese or at least English? <laughs> exactly, and, and, and that's why I was hoping, uh, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Martin about this because he lives in Spain, and you know he has to use means to 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 watch the games, which I think is just criminal. You know, and first of all, it's a it's a huge mistake, you know, at least, you know, they're missing out on an opportunity to make some money. Number one. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't, I don't get the whole emphasis on English and even Japanese. Like who's gonna, who's gonna, well, I don't know. I, 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 I heard, I'm not sure if it's true that they sold a bunch of Pachuca jerseys from Japan. 
just recently. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people that would be much more willing to follow the league, I think. And I think this is where you and I probably differ, disagree that. I I think that the Spanish-only availability of a league, I think, hurts it. It prevents it from from gathering a, a larger audience. I really do think so. I think I know there's I don't know. I, I still frequent the, the message boards, and, and every once in a while, you know, there's there's some fans that'll be like, I don't know what they're saying, but damn, this is just a ridiculous game, right? Like, like I don't care that, like I don't care that that that, that I don't really understand what they're saying. Like this, the the the, the games are just too good, like not to pass up. There's so many few people that are going to be willing to do that. Where I think if you had it in English and, and, and you invested in, in developing talents, even on from the presenting side, because um, I, I still think it's there's a lot of work to be made, a lot of improvements to, to deliver the, the league in, in, in English. I mean, I don't think it's ever been done, so it's, it's difficult to, to figure out how, how best to do it. Well, but, I don't see the big deal with the English. Well, it has been done, but they did it on ESPN uh, a few years ago. You don't they see the big deal, a... but like for a league that tells themselves that want to build and that want to be considered one of the, the 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 premier leagues, you you can't just have this uh, uh, big you fish small look, pond mentality. Right. Yeah, but you, you have to, have to think. And, and the fact the that the fact that they sell the so much, the fact that they sell so much of the league here in an English speaking country. Granted, yes, a lot of them are Spanish speaking, but not all of them. And even still, like, like you, you still have a, like lots of Americans that actually do follow the league, either because of rivalry reasons or just because of uh, people are just football junkies. You, I think they're losing out on a lot of the younger generations, though. Yeah, I, I agree on, with on, you. On the, second, on the, on the second, third generations. Second, third generation Mexican Americans. No, we talked who, about this before, though. Yeah, who I don't get, particularly speak Spanish at home. I get that. But but like I, soccer. This is this is what I said before. I don't think you're on, Rigo, but this is what I said before about second, third, and fourth generation in the U.S. They're not going to be soccer. F- I don't think they're going to be soccer fans. Second, third, fourth generation are going to be so potros that they're going to be NFL fans. They're going to be NBA fans. Well, you're generalizing, and 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 the the goal that's, isn't to to, to get everybody. That's the, that's the point. Everybody is the majority of the people. There's gonna yeah, but the, there's gonna be a, a specific. But see, that's my point. You're you're missing you're missing the point. The goal has never been. To convert the masses, it's to gather more. It's to, it's just to get a little an inkling but more. I think, but what, and what then I it grows. What's happening is where you're lo- where you're losing them is not to the other major sports in America because if you like soccer, you like soccer regardless. You're, where you're losing them is is to the the Premier League, right? Be in to the La Liga, who, who give you English content. And if you're watching, you're watching this this soccer. That's you know top level soccer in English, it, and English is your first language. It's a lot more appealing than having to watch soccer in a different language, which it might not be as appealing as those other leagues. I'll just give you an example, Beth. Though just a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, I met up with some friends at at this place called uh, Shakespeare's. It's a British pub, uh, very soccer friendly. Um. The place was packed with uh, Cholos fans watching the game. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Americans? All or Mexicans? Yeah. Americans? Well, Mexican-Americans. I mean, they were speaking English. 
Okay, so yeah, I mean that that I can understand. Like they're, they're like they're not they're, they're not. They're it's not Mexicans that are, that are that are native like that only speak Spanish that are going to these um like like this place caters to mostly European. Like I, I I've seen clásicos there. Uh, like my point is like it's mostly English speakers that are going there. It's not Spanish speakers uh that that frequent that place. That's yet that's the place is yet California. the place is full with Southern English California. speakers. That's Southern California. So I think yeah, like like a club like Cholos definitely needs to have like an English account and and they should have their games in English because I think a lot of their fan base is in Southern California, especially now that the Chargers left San Diego. And I always thought that they should play maybe one one or two games a year in San Diego. They should. They're they're definitely missing out on that. that. I don't agree with that. I don't I don't care. I, I think every team should be in English and have English Twitter and English, you know, try to do that. They can they can barely even have a good website, but uh but but for somebody and to hear like complaints about oh man they should they're missing out and like all these people complaining about whatever team not having English or like if like take for example Chicharito going to that German uh a uh, bear a uh, bear and they they create a Spanish feed and then he leaves now what now what are they gonna do with that delete it I'm I'm not gonna pay attention to that team anymore. So and I think I think the Mexican fan is the most spa, other than probably the U.S. the most spaziest when it comes to Euro, Europeos and the people that go to Europe and oh you got to go to Europe and oh we got to go follow La Liga and I got to what, what does it have to do with 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 what we're talking about though? Because we're t- we're talking about following a team in another country just because you know and having the English feed or the feed in your language. Uh, accommodate you and and support you and whatever. Well, okay, I'll, I'll just give you I'll just give you an example, okay. And and I'm gonna and I'm just maybe I'm making too far a leap here, but I, I personally think that I I probably am in line with a lot of people, basically from everywhere that likes soccer. I tune in. I'm a huge Mexican Mexico fan, so. Um, my 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 afternoons and evenings are, are uh, on the weekends are filled with with uh, Liga MX games if I, if I have the time, but in the mornings, I'm watching game. I'm I'm, I'm checking the guide to see uh, what Mexican is playing where, so I can watch the game. I'm improving. I'm I'm adding to those ratings. I'm I'm following their team. And if I had like throwaway money, I would absolutely buy these jerseys. Why? Because they're Mexican, and why? It's cool. Like I get to buy a new jersey from a different team that I otherwise no, would never have. You know, it's like Dan. Dan, do you do you and Momo have the same jersey? No, not yet. No. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you? What would you do? Like if you were to buy a bear, a bear Chicharito jersey, now what would you? What would you do with it? I would still like wear it. I would still wear it. I still wear my Vela at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, so that's what, like, man? Uh, I'm a fan, yeah, of, the, I'm a, I'm a fan of the player, like, not the everyone team. Likes, everyone has their likes and dislikes. Like me, I would, I would understand buying like a... But a, my point is that I think you are not necessarily part of the majority. I think there's a lot of people that like to do that. So my point is, thank God I have, a, I have access to watch La Liga. It's, how cool is it that I have access to watch La Bundesliga, um, BPL... I get to watch them and I get to follow the Mexican players. There's people in Japan that'd be like, damn, man, Honda, man, our boy, man, I wish I sure wish I could freaking see him. It was better when he was in the BPL because at least I could, I could watch, I could watch him um, weekly. Now I got to get some bootleg stream to try to watch it. And I have to watch it in Spanish, which kind of sucks. 
I don't think their passion for it is as is as high. I, I think you're wrong. I think I think uh, as long as the the player is good enough, he's going to have a huge following. It's and a, and especially for for football starved countries like Japan. Name. Japan no, is just like I a, think, a I think, Japan is I think, just a lesser version of Mexico. I agree I mean, with I agree starving with for starving for success. Lesser version. Lesser. Yeah. I, I don't even think they even they even care. They probably thought, think this guy retired. I don't even. I, I agree with I agree with Dan because even if they thought he retired, I don't I don't like even if they thought this guy is old and he's playing in a different league, like they'll still watch. Because. I mean, there isn't a particular example right now, but I mean, I, I have friends from like Central America, and if they had a player playing in whatever country in Europe, it wouldn't matter how old he was or you know what what team he was on, they would try and find a way to watch. Um, and we're talking about all non-U.S. My main focus is uh, is the U.S. No, and, and I think in the U.S., the Mexico the Mexican see. League needs English content, and they need English. But the thing is, is, is that they can't uh, just, not just. It's not just the U. It's not just the U. English speaking U.S. market that Liga MX needs to focus on. Yeah, it'd be great. It would be great to get a little piece of that. But why are you? Why are you trying to get a piece of something that, that frankly, for you know, ninety-five percent of it just it just isn't gonna, isn't going to care one way or the other? Why not go after you know the folks that are already fans of the sport? You know. So you know why why not market yourself more in in South America, more in Europe, more in Asia, more in Africa? That I can agree with. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, the U.S. would, would is, is 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 a nice thing to have. And that goes, but but, but to me, the only way Liga Mekis grows and and grows and grows the way that they want it to grow is they have to they have to market themselves beyond the beyond North America. Period. End of story. And that goes straight to Libertadores because that's yeah. tournament that, that's. But that, but again, but the problem with that is, is is they're just they're not in the same confederation. It just it's, it sucks. But that's just either either, either join Comunabol outright, right, and 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 become that country that you think that you deserve to be, or stay in Concacaf and you know keep dreaming about of, about where you want to go. And you have, I think you have Mex- like Mexican teams are complaining about the travel and all that stuff. Even the Argentina, that, that crazy dude from the Argentina panel, they were complaining about the travel. And well, stuff. it's crazy. It's like a fourteen-hour flight. Yeah. So, like, if so, joining it's Colombia, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Doesn't seem realistic. If it's, I mean, no. I'm with you. I don't think it's realistic that the the. I think they can make Mexico's it. Like, gonna be. like they could, if they if they like send them out there early. They might can make it happen because they're traveling from Europe. Well, what needs to happen, not necessarily Libertadores, Libertadores would be great, is, is if they do, uh, you know, from uh, from Alaska to Tierra uh, del Fuego tournament. But they spread it out, you know, to the point where, as you're saying, Chiquis, you know, the game's on Thursday, but they but they land on Sunday, so they have time to... But I don't see Count Kagaf ever allowing... The, the cash cow to leave. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying they wanted to leave. I'm saying, hey, let's let's combine. Let's 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 combine both I'll, of them I'll, together. I'll, I'll bring my cow and you bring your just bowl. one big. Right, okay. Argentina. One big, we'll make a, a big baby cash cow. Argentina <laughs> playing the U.S. and the U.S. Messi in the U.S. or uh... no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about national. Teams. I'm talking about club teams. Yes, okay. I'm talking about like like River Plate playing. You know, LA Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Well, Copa de las Américas, you know, exactly. call it something. And, yeah. And that would be cool. I would totally attach, be cool. attach a, a five, five million dollar purse or ten million dollar purse, however much you can get. And I think it's in the works. Really I make think, it worth the teams. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I do yeah. think it's in the works. I think the this Copa América Centenario was just a a test run of of what the because uh, I think. Well, I mean, we've all seen Libertadores. I mean, I think all of it's 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 lacking in in yeah. There in, was a former, the, the production is a reflection of the lack of, of 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 resources of lack of funds. There was a former Puma tonight, uh, Ignacio Scoco, that scored five goals for freaking River Plate tonight. It's like, really, five was uh. It was painful to watch, as a as a who, by the way, did get uh, did get a very valuable point over the weekend against Chivas. Very very. Oh my God! Happy about that. Very happy about that. Stop stop the bleeding. Stop. Uh, the bleeding. But but I mean, to me, Liga Mekis has to that they have they have to put on these shows and they have to have. I mean, we asked Martin. Say, Martin lives in Barcelona. We asked Martin. You, you know, do, do they have any shows? My Liga, no, not one. It's a crime, you know. By the time on Eurosport, I think we should have asked them too. It's a shame, like what other uh, leagues are 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 available over there. Do you know by chance? Uh, personally, no, I do. I, I, but I do know that MLS, uh, they, you know, because because I, I, I work on their broadcast. I mean, we we send out a world feed for each show. Yeah, see, that's crazy that that league is getting. More attention than the Mexican league, like that's uh, that's that's borderline like like sinful, you know. I mean, come on. What, what are you getting? What, what are you talking about? Oh, on, on that, the, the MLS uh, is available uh, internationally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. granted, I know they, they they push it, but still, the fact that it's there, like they, they they're thinking super long term, you know, and obviously they're betting on something. But but it's a shame that Mexico doesn't. Have, yeah, I'd say it's a less. I, I just want Mexico. I just want Mexico's tunnel vision for the owners to look beyond the Spanish-speaking fans or the or the or the, or the first-generation Mexicans that live in the U.S. I mean, they they have to they have to understand they have to know that that's that is not a uh, you know the, the, that that low-hanging fruit is gonna is gonna is gonna run out very quickly. So if if, if they want to get to where they want to get, they have to be able to make themselves. I mean, uh, make themselves more available across the world. Yeah, because you think South America too. I think. I mean, I'm sure there'd be uh, plenty of South Americans right. that'd be happy to tune in to watch a gazillion of their own uh, of their own kind. Uh, exactly. Playing every weekend and week out because I mean, every I mean, the best game, represented. the best game they had this year in Liga MX, in my opinion, was that Tigres uh, America game. That was uh, it was like like a Wednesday. It was a jornada <sighs> game. It was outstanding. I mean, it was it was, you know, they had great offensive plays, great defensive plays, great saves. You know, good. I mean, it was it was a good. I mean, I would put it up against any, you know, any any game anywhere. I thought I thought, man, this is this is just a, this is a, as, as good as. I mean, it was Liga MX to me at its best. And you know, they show it live in in the U.S. and in Mexico. And Mexico usually on cable now, so it's not necessarily going to the whole country. And in the U.S. and, and a couple of Central American countries, and that's it. You know, that, I mean, obviously the the time difference in Europe is going to be rough for, for some of those night games. I get that, but then, you know, you know, why can't you show the replay the next day? Or like I said, or, or put together an hour long show. And 
you know, like, or, or, or send Acción. Have you guys ever watched Acción? You know what I'm talking about? Acción was the Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, like, weekly wrap-up show. It used to be of all the sports, and I guess it still is. And they showed the highlights for all the games. It was, it's a great show to watch. I mean, they showed every goal from every game, you know, a couple other key plays, just just good good stuff. And that, that show, since I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. That, that, and that, that, uh, that show was, was started when I was, like, eight or nine years old, and it's still on. I mean, it's, it's like the 60 minutes of, of Mexican TV. It's just been on forever. And so, the, but I mean, again, I've only seen it here and in and in the U.S. or in Mexico and in the U.S. So, you know, get with it, guys. How did we get here to this combo? <laughs> oh, my cheeky's fault. Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh. Yeah, see now now Sergio on the chat was, was very impressed with the fact that we that we did our research on on on, on Japanese fans and how they favor uh, Honda. Which the only reason I mentioned was so that I can hit the horn again. Sergio's a little rustled. Yeah, yeah. So th- oh. now why is he rustled? We we have been nothing but gracious. We said good things about America. Who is you know? he rustled with? I mean, just 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 because you know, if, if Sergio's listening, I'll just give him just a little. I just. Uh... Just, just to make him feel a little better, a little better. I'm sure that did cheer him up. I hope so. No, I could, you know, sarcastically play the, uh, you know, the, which is yeah. just the, the best. The, you know, I think, which you know, is my any, favorite. Yeah, any any America fan would 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 stand up and put their hand on their heart, you know, when they hear the drums like this, and then, oh man, when you hear the eagle, the, the eagle at the end, just just That's power. Uh, outstanding it is uh it is outstanding now a couple of weeks ago uh cheeky's uh we you know we didn't have our podcast and you know cheeky's mentioned that we had a that we had a staff meeting and, and part of that staff meeting was uh you know we had a, we had a discussion about uh are you gonna let, are you gonna let the, the the folks see behind the curtain about uh yeah well yeah because you know we had someone come in to tell us you know, some of the stuff that we had, uh, you know, we were talking about on our show, you know, as far as sexual harassment. So I wanted to just, just play a little clip of, uh, of the guy telling us, you know, what we can and can't say on the show. Please refrain from discussing or engaging in any sort of inter-office or or finger or f***ing or f***ing or even even though so many people in this office are begging for it. So... <laughs> Arrested Development. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to. Job. I actually watched a couple episodes of that last night, and it just it always puts me in a great mood. Because uh, it's my favorite show, dude. That's my well, favorite you know, sitcom. I've you know, yesterday time. was the uh, the fortieth anniversary of, of of the most famous moment in television history when 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 Fonzie jumped the shark. Jumped the shark on Happy Days. And then, uh, you know, years later, jumped the shark on Arrested Development as well. He did? Don't oh, you remember? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> as, as Barry Zuckercorn? Yes, yes, yes. When, yes. He, when they found the shark. And He's they, their, their attorney, that's right. They jumped over because he, he had to make it to Burger King. Yeah. Yeah, he was terrific. He was, he was actually my favorite character in that whole show. 
It's the best cast show ever, I think. <laughs> Barry Zuckerkorn. It really is. Uh... I can't think of a single character. I mean, Liza Minnelli, I mean, she... I never liked her before, man, but somehow on that show, man, she was just like the funniest thing every time she'd get that vertigo, dude. Yeah, that's... Just, she was pretty uh, talented, man. She's she's got some stuff in the in the seventies and eighties. It's like I mean, she was she was pretty good back then. And um, but I, uh, for years on, on actually on the long on a Longhorn bulletin board, I had the uh, the Tobias Punke uh, four picture headshots where he's like the tennis player and the cop and the uh, the gimp and something else. I just always cracked me up. I have a, uh, I have two T-shirts. I I I got one uh, of the the banana stand and uh, one of um, the characters uh, without faces. You just see what they're wearing and you can tell who's oh, who. Yeah. Like one 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 character is just well, the only thing you see is a uh, are like Daisy Dukes, like cut off jean shorts, right? Tobias. So yeah. yeah. That's funny. great. And I, I want to get a Bluth Company mug and a uh, and, and a Go Bias uh, the 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 banana animated character Go Bias. I saw a T-shirt of that once. I thought it was pretty clever. You know, they're making another. They're they're doing uh, another series, another another season's worth of shows. Another season, started, great. Yeah, I just actually uh, started watching it on Netflix. I I I'm only now catching up to the to the new new episodes. New episodes were okay. It wasn't nearly the as first fun. episode. The first episode didn't blow my hair back. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, the season four, frankly, you know, I don't know if you've watched all of them or not, but it was. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. It was uh, not necessarily the the best. I mean, I mean, but again, when but you, you know compare what, it to what they had, rewatch the first three years, and that's oh, all right. Yeah, well, I, I love that's a good. That's several yeah. hours of 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 of, of good fun. That show, and then uh, for you folks that haven't watched the Larry Sanders show, uh, those two. I shows, never watched that one. Oh man, you've got to. I, I, if you have HBO, I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, it's on on demand, and you can watch every single episode. And I, I guarantee you, you will, you will, you will, you will thank me. You, you will thank me on the show. Yeah, yeah, I watched some Larry Sanders, man. Yeah, you're right. It was hilarious. All right. It is. Have you guys ever seen the Larry Sanders show? No, I have not. Oh my God, Kikis! Uh, and judging by the judging by the response, I'm thinking Rigo didn't watch Arrested Development either. No, I haven't watched Arrested Development. Oh my! <laughs> That's God. one with Jason Bateman, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Dude, no, Jason Bateman was was you guys uh, Dan maybe you're or maybe Chickies, You guys remember the show Silver Spoons? Yeah. No, you're, you, you got your shows mixed up. No, no, no. The Silver Hogan Family. Yeah. No, no. Sil- no, no, no. This was before the Hogan Family. Jason Bateman was on Silver Spoons when it first started, and he was he was so funny. Oh yeah, he was he was he was the best part of that show. That they had to get rid of him because it was it was a vehicle for Ricky Schroeder. So they had to get rid of Jason Bateman because he was he was stealing too much of the spotlight from uh, from Ricky. That's so odd. All I remember is Alfonso. Oh no, this was this was like a couple of years before Alfonso. Trust me, really, no, uh... those are hilarious too. Yeah. All right. We're, we're yeah, taking it are, back, man. We're really aging ourselves right now. Yeah, that uh, silver spoons, family ties. What else? <laughs> Hogan family. No, no but, I, but, but, but it was the Hogan family, family, not family ties, dude. 
Rodrigo, you haven't watched the rest of development. I mean, you have you have some you have some homework, dude. You gotta. You have some see, living to do. That's right. So now that now that uh, there's no Liga MX games, I know you're moving and all. So are you driving up? Are you are you driving? Yeah, up? that's so, on, a, on a Tuesday. So. Yeah. So make so I'm, are you married? No, you're not. So, you, so you're single. So you, you well, can you hire somebody to drive so you can watch the stuff? While, while... <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll catch some episodes this weekend or tomorrow night. First, that's perfect strangers. My two dads. Yeah, my two dads was actually the my two dads. I love my two dads. See, my two dads. I had a crush on that strangers. Cousin Balky. She was cute, man. Um, but I never watched the rest of development. Maybe I'll I'll catch an episode on on Netflix. Oh yeah, you got to watch it from episode one. It just it is it is it is it is a great it's a great show. And Larry and Larry Sanders show, which uh, started in nineteen ninety two, it's um. Gary Shandling uh, was a creator who was just a, just a terrific comedian back then, and it was he and Judd Apatow and some other guys that did this show. And it is, I cannot tell you uh, how how many. And in fact, uh, the, the the dad in Arrested Development, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, George, and uh, what was his uh, his twin brother? <laughs> anyway, anyway so uh, two parts. George, I watched the Afternoon Delight episode yesterday, and and uh, Michael was telling the the brother that he had Oscar, that he had to, uh, you know, he was hoping that, that he needed to loosen up the the mom, so he were a little Afternoon Delight, <laughs> and, and Jason Bateman was talking about you know, Afternoon Delight, and Oscar thought he was talking about the, a strain of reefer called Afternoon Delight, so I said, I think I'll put it in her brownie. And James Bay's like, dude, I don't need to know any information. It's like, I just, you know, it's very funny, very funny stuff. It's a great episode. Yeah, it's a, it's an outstanding episode. In fact, that's actually a, where I got that that little uh, the little monologue from was from that episode. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. We are we are really uh, going off the going off the uh, going off hey, the. Coming, coming well, back you know, to it's soccer, a little soccer week. Coming back yeah. to soccer and speaking of episodes, uh, the. Uh, a few days ago, the episode of Football Picante where Guatemala was a classic one. So, if you guys, whoever listened, oh, that was great. Uh, that was good stuff. Check it out. <laughs> I've been weird. still trying to watch it. I've, I I haven't been able to catch all of it. It. I love how uh, honest he is. I'm not sure who to believe though. Uh, at least uh, part of that conversation I, that him with between him and Pelaz. Pelaz is a snake, man. I always, uh, you, you got to always trust in a devil. Well, I think that what happened the very... was I think that Pelaez probably couldn't really say w- w- what the reason was, but I'm sure that it was it was a decision that wasn't necessarily made by him. But uh, the one thing I will say about Pelaez is that like for some of the stuff, he actually owned up to it. I mean, he was like, hey, dude, I made a mistake. You know, okay, I, I accept that. I screwed up. I made a mistake. I mean, how often do you hear any in any sport, in any country, in, in, in any GM, you know, tell a former player that on national, you know, on a, on a nationally televised, internationally televised show that. So, um, you know, you know, Belias may have been deceitful and some other stuff, but I mean, at least, at least in that point, he was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was riveting TV. I mean, they had, uh, they had four guys who were, you know, the, the were outstanding Players and they got full four, you know, four it, top ten it, players for sure. Is it sweeps right now in Mexico? That I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, Guatemala has his hands full now because he's got to deal with the earthquake. You know, being the mayor of Cuernavaca and all. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's going to be a, a certainly another. I'm sure he's 
He's literally he was kind of, to be a bureaucrat. He was kind of underwhelming as a speaker, though. Or was it just was it just me? Who caught that one? He sounds too yeah, much like a. Up. He's unpolished. I think. Probably, yeah, at he's least very. He's very unpolished for TV. I he's, mean, compared to like Belize, the way he, the way he, Hugo Sanchez, he, and, the way he kind of mocked or uh, mocked impersonated Belize, the, the, how their conversations went. It just seemed. I'm like, yeah, you're definitely not uh, cut out for for. Uh, TV work, at least not in your present uh, form. State, right. Yeah. Well, look how he grew up. I mean, look at his background and, and stuff, man. He's like a... Yeah, but he does stuff for... I mean, we don't see it because we live in the States, but he was he was that Televisa color guy during the France World Cup, so it's not like he hasn't... He's like, like he's never done TV. And I was surprised how Ithetson stood... I mean, stood his ground a little bit. You know, that to me was actually the most interesting part. No, I, mean, I, I thought it was great of him. I think yeah. I thought I thought that was the best part of the show where he yeah, I was like, come on, dude. He's like, you're 40, you're 42. Come on. Like, I, I thought that was a totally valid point he made. No, that was no, that, that point was dumb though, man. He's not trying to be the figure of the team at 42. He's just trying to go out there and, and contribute. Right. Yeah, but he's well, bitching the fact hurt. that he wasn't, that, that he wasn't going to allow to be played 90 minutes. He's, he's bitching about all that stuff. Yeah, but, but, but what Guatemala said was, dude, I'm a professional. I played in the lower league. I actually, he said, I, I actually had to get in better shape to play in that league because you have to run a lot more. So he said, I was, he said, I was, he said, I wouldn't have asked for it if I didn't think I could do it. Yeah, and he's not trying to be the figure of the team. Faitasan was just getting, trying to get his little jab in. There was nothing, there was no reason to bring up being the figure of the team. He just wanted to play 90 minutes. He didn't want to be a figure of the team. He just wanted. Yeah, but that's yeah, what but, they. But, but, but wait a minute, they, though. They, they, they I, I elicit that response. I kind of understand though what what he means, though. I mean, the well, whose spot do you think you're going to be taking? I mean, you're you are like what what else, what other role do you play on the field besides shit revolving around you? He's not going to be playing a like a supporting role. I mean, I don't know, you know, even and even when he did play, he contributed quite a bit because it was like a half that he played, and he actually like. No, I agree. Like I'm not saying yeah. that he didn't, he wasn't good, and because the, the talent's always there. I'm just saying and that again. It's it's a night game in Mexico City, so no one's going to be running hard anyway. And it's at night, so it's going to be like 55 degrees. And it was against Morelia, and he brought yeah. that up also. Fightison was getting his jabs in. He brought it. It's it's against Morelia and all this stuff. And he, he you could tell he was. Yeah, but, but Fightison is doing that on purpose. Just uh, I mean, I'm sure that he, I'm sure that he told him before the show, hey man, I'm going to come at you like this. And probably he probably told him exactly what he was going to say. You think so? I don't know. Absolutely. Just because, Absolutely. Them, just because, from, at least from the parts I saw, he seemed awfully emotional. Faitelson did. No, um, Guatemoc. You no. know, and then they talked about their little, uh, the little incident that they had, like in 2003 in Veracruz, where Guatemoc. Well, gave him a... Jose Ramon didn't give him a, a second to like before he like he started uh, yeah. like uh, antagonizing. And, 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 he's such yeah. a little. He's a troll. Little shit. Yeah. I he did. It. He did the same thing when uh, when one of the coaches for I think it was uh, Tutu Ramirez, who had gone from coaching the youth team to America, and like so they have him on the panel. And the first thing Jose Ramon asked him is, "Why is America playing so shitty?" It's like, dude. <laughs> I think he was perfect. He perfectly brought up, "Careful, he's going to give you a cachetada." Or you're asking for right. it otra vez and, and all that stuff. That was that was perfect. Yeah, but but they actually talked about it, and I and I thought both. I mean, I know that. Uh, Fato said, oh, you know, I went and talked to the head of that the guy's like, dude, it, you, know, you know, get out of here with that crap. And then and then he said, you know, and then Guatemala called me later and he apologized and and uh, we you know we we worked it out and then since then we've actually been really decent friends. And you could tell, you know, they actually had a, a much more amicable relationship, which I thought was, you know, you know, groovy, you know, and and, and good on both of them to 
to uh, admit that. I thought that I thought that was I thought that to me that was the best part of the show was was how they talked about how it evolved a- after what had happened. You know that they showed that they're actually human beings that. Uh... Yeah, I mean they're they're dudes. They get over stuff. Yeah. Not not to be. Yeah. Never mind. I liked when they but, asked uh, the, well, someone to pick his top five. Right. Did you guys see that? Uh-huh. And he calls he calls Pelais a tronco. Oh. That's why he wasn't in his top five. <laughs> he was joking, obviously. Well, I mean, honestly, out of those out of those guys, I wouldn't have put Pelais in that list either. In fact, no, yeah, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have put him either. Yeah. You know, I was I was totally you know maybe the other one that that I probably would have put was Chicharito, but I mean, who do you who do you take out? I mean, if they would have said don't include yourself, then he puts Chicharito. But I mean, he was. You know, as far as long as I've been following, Cuauhtémoc Blanco was was far and away the best national team player Mexico's ever had, at least in my lifetime. And I don't think there's there's not even a, there's not a close second. Yeah, I think um, also his charisma. I think more than anything, I think uh, he just had a way of carrying himself. That right, that it was it was the me vale hasn't been seen since exactly. You know, he tries the Cuauhtémoc in France '98 and against Korea, and it works. And then he tries it against Belgium and you know fails miserably. And then he doesn't do it again, right? Until the Italy game in two thousand two, <laughs> and it works. I just love that guy. I remember one time uh, La Jugada. I know another great show when they would do their uh, Colección Privada with that little top ten of, you know, here's, you know, ten goals of the ten best goals of the Azteca on a Wednesday. You know, and the show, you know, all these crazy goals. They did one of of here are the top ten best passes Guatemoc made with his ass. And, and and they showed passes where Guatemoc would would trap it with his with his with his butt or just like just kind of give it a little you know nudge with his butt with a ball to to pass it to a player. Those that, that, ten of them. <laughs> oh man, those passes would just blow my mind. Like he'd be looking the opposite way, and then just yeah, man. Like it, it, he, he made it look so simple, but it's like man, you never see players that clever. No. I miss him. I was I was attracted absolutely to one of my favorites. His brash attitude, like the way he would like just bow up to people, like to Kobe Jones and to just different guys and it, it didn't hurt Mexico too bad, although there are certain situations like the Honduras game in the Gold Cup, got a red, and then of course the Libertadores game against Sal Caetano, where he sort of incited the whole uh, the whole thing. <laughs> but other than that, he, he uh yeah, he was a great player. And then, you know, didn't didn't back down from nobody. You know, he was the only player uh when the US uh, beat Mexico in, in the in the round of sixteen in Korea, he was the only player that stayed on the field and congratulated the US players. Which I thought was one of his great well well I believe it would have been one of his greatest gestures, I think. You know. You gotta take the bad with the good. So you know, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, you can't. Uh, you can't act like that and, and and not be gracious in defeat. And I was gonna say, like, I mean, for for every bad thing, like for, for that that attitude, you know, it's, sometimes it's gonna, sometimes it's gonna hurt you. There was a great article in the uh, in Sports Illustrated actually when he went over to Chicago Fire, and how surprised the uh, his his teammates were with. Uh, 
you know, with, with with his attitude on the field and how surprised he was about his team. It just basically they, they just they just they were surprised that they meshed as well as they did. And they even talked about how he was kind of a, you know, sometimes he was kind of a, like a, you know, kind of a, kind of a dick in the locker room, but like playfully so. Uh, where like they'd be playing some game and, and he would just come in and like like, you know, play like knock all the pieces over or whatever. Just, you know, just you know pranks like that. And uh, they just. He had like apparently had great comic timing, is what they said. It just he really knows when it's and it's, and it's like that on the field too. He's like he just knows when to make, when to take the shot, when to, when to make the pass, etc. So yeah, he's just a you know another player who just you know just makes you you know makes your heart hurt for for what he could have been had he not missed what two years or whatever the hell it was with that awful injury. It just it's like God. But uh, even after the injury, I mean, he scored that game against Jamaica was. Uh, I mean, wh- wh- what he did to to to, to get Mexico to—I mean, because if they lost that game, they were out, they were done, they were toast. There was no way they were going to qualify if they lost that game. And of course, it was an autogol that puts Jamaica up one-zero. And then late in the second half, uh, he gets he and uh, and Arellano combined for both goals, if I'm not mistaken, and and he, and he gets them both. And it's like, man, I mean, what a! And this was and this was because was this his first game back from injury? I, th- I think it may have been. It would only add to the legend if it was. And if I'm not, I wish I wish Ron was here because he would definitely know. I think it was his first game back from that injury because he didn't play that whole summer with uh, with with Ojitos when they just looked, you know, as I mean, it wasn't necessarily that they were that they just looked terrible. They were all. Do y'all remember that that the the, 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 o, the O2 qualifying at all? I do, but not that not that. <laughs> Detail. It was it was bad. It was bad, bad. Oh, I remember. I remember how bad it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Oof. And uh, yeah, but but he came in and he 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 did that. He got he got those goals against uh, Jamaica, and it just it, it totally turned that campaign around. I mean, he put Mexico in the World Cup. He put them on their shoulders. And uh, you know, as great as Ugo was, Ugo, Ugo never got the opportunity to to to, to do that just because he missed out on. On 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 a whole World Cup cycle when they got booted out, and he's still mad. Have you ever seen Tim? I think I think you brought it up, Cheekies. He is still he's, pissed. He's pissed about. He's it. still pissed. He's all the time. He talks about it all the time. On and he should time. be. He should be. I mean, I, I don't think y'all understand how good Mexico was then and how bad the rest of the world was. I mean, they had a legitimate chance to to do a lot of damage in that World Cup. I mean, that that, that was. I, I I I believe that was their best team. He, the 86 team? The, the, or the 90 team? The, the, 90 the, would, the would-be 90 team? Yeah. Because they had, they had the 86 team where a lot of them had been playing in Spain at the time. And then they had, like, like, like Sage was four years younger. Luis Garcia was just coming up. I mean, they, they had some really, really, really good talent. They had a very talented team. No, I think they definitely wasted his best years. Oh. Yeah, because because he won the the golden boot in in Europe in that time, I and mean, he scored a lot. I mean, he scored like it was like something like thirty nine, thirty or thirty nine goals in nineteen eighty eight or nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, so he was at the absolute peak of his powers. It's just, I was just having this. I was having a discussion today because uh, I don't know if you guys follow uh, Copa ninety or Kick on YouTube. It's I do like not. A, it's like a web based uh, soccer channel. Uh, geared to i mean they just go through all all types of all soccer from all the countries 
and um, they do like these little YouTube um, series. And right now they're doing like top three that defined a certain club or a country three that defined Chivas. And there was like a lot of outrage about it. And then a couple of weeks ago, they did top three that defined the U.S. And they didn't have Landon Donovan. They had uh, Alexi Lalas, Brad Friedel, and uh, uh, Clint Dempsey. That was their top three that supposedly defined the U.S. So I was talking with some other guys about, like, if they do, the, if they do Mexico, like, who would be your top three? And for me, it, for at least me personally, it would be Hugo. Would be Rafa and Jorge Campos. That those were those would be my three that defined that defined Mexico. So my friends like, well, Hugo only scored one goal for the national team, and he's like he's not as big as Chicharito. And I'm like, I guess you can cap Chicharito because you know he's the presence now. But I think what Hugo did for Mexican soccer like was just a lot bigger. You guys still there? Yep. Yep. Oh, um, oh I thought I lost you. <laughs> I, uh, I got to hate on Jorge Campos a little bit, but but I'm down. I'm down with your list. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like you, you, you could have Cuauhtémoc instead of like instead of Rafa Marquez or instead of or instead of Jorge Campos. I just think like when you when when you think of the Mexican national team, I feel like those are the guys that stand out. I guess it depends on the question whether it's Mexican soccer. In general, or Mexican national team? Oh, Mexican. I mean, if it's Mexican national team, but I I remember even as a kid I'd say growing Guatemala up, like, would be number one. Yeah, I mean, even, as a kid growing up, like Hugo Sanchez was everything. Like, even though he wasn't, you know, as productive on the national team as he was with Real Madrid, but he was still like everything. And that's just from this is what I remember growing up. I felt like Guau hit his stride like in the 2000s, like late 90s, 2000s. I'm not saying he sh- he shouldn't be on the list because he should. He's I mean, but if you if you if you only had to pick three, I I personally would not have Campos in there. Brody, maybe it's because of his TV work. Are you are you are you jealous, Dan, that Brody gets to wear his chanclas to work and you don't? <laughs> his what? No, no, no. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a particular fan of his shtick. That, the times that I've seen him on um, in games doing um, doing commentary, um, he's a clown. Just... Him and Martin well, are clowns. Well, isn't Brody just basically the uh, the the Mexico equivalent of a, of a... Of a California surfer dude, is that what he is? Yeah, I mean, Brody is a, is is, a, is an Acapulco slang term for you know compadre. Yeah, man, I'm just, I was just like, I he didn't make me laugh. I'll say that he did not make me laugh. He makes me laugh. Well, the whole Azteca whole transmission is hilarious. It's just ridiculous. It's so dumb. The cheese factor is, is is way for me way too much for me to bear. Like the is that the is that the one with the with the stuffed animals and and the the the, the, the puppets and stuff? They both do that. Yeah. You yeah. talking about compañito? 
compañito. Yeah, man, that, that's that, that's cringy stuff, man. No, it's not. It's I mean, compañito is just uh, triumph the insult. Oh, we got a caller. I was tweeting about. We have a caller. I didn't even know we were doing that tonight. How the awesome. hell do we get a caller? Did you did you slip a secret number, cheekies? <laughs> yeah, somebody tweeted. Somebody so uh, I set up the phone. Another, ho- another Joel. Joel, is this another Joel that joins us? This is another Joel, but this is a Joel in Oakland, not a Joel in LA. Yeah, Joel in Oakland. Um, uh, ho- hold on, John. I'm sorry. Uh, is this the same Joel in Oakland that? calls the world football phone in ha yeah it is <laughs> check that out i, uh, I, I listen i listen uh, uh regularly so he loves to, um and he loves to talk about uh soccer and so uh, um we listen to that you know it's family friendly unlike you guys and <laughs> and he enjoys to hear his voice on the radio well not on the radio online but you know so yeah, we call that in occasionally, and he gets to ask his questions and gets to banter with Tim Vickery. So yeah, I'm also the guy who wrote the um, that article about the um, the chant, the infamous chant that was on Latino Rebels. I don't know if you guys saw that. I also wrote an article recently about um, Rafa Marquez and the drug war in, in Mexico. Cool stuff. Cool man. Well, um, what can we I'm do? Glad for, you're calling in. Yeah, what can we do for you, sir? Well, uh, first off, I, I'm glad you guys were talking so much about the, um, the earthquake in Mexico because um, obviously that's been on everybody's mind. And I got to tell you, I don't know if you guys were watching the Real Betis uh, uh, Real Madrid game uh, yesterday, but um, when Andres Guardado uh, almost got that assist uh, at like the 90th minute and it was called offside, but I swear to God, I jumped up and started screaming. I was so happy for him because I had thought that that would be like such a glimmer of hope in this like moment of tragedy that we we were all experiencing. It. You know, yeah. uh, Raul Jimenez did did get to score his goal, and then he did have a nice uh, message on it. He was trying desperately to show the message on his shirt, but his uh, his teammates yeah. were. Uh, yeah. But I think he finally did get to show it, and uh, it said "Fuerza Mexico." So yeah, so it was uh, so it was it was a bit cathartic for you then to see. Uh, Guardado have his have his near and then of course they they got the big win which frankly I'm sure Guardado was was much happier about anyway. Uh, was that at the Bernabeu that that that, that Betis got the win yesterday? That, that was at the, that was at the Bernabeu, yeah. Wow. So, uh, the funny stat that's been circulating in Spain is that Messi has as many goals as Real Madrid as an entire team does this this whole season so far. So they both have nine. The entire team of Real Madrid has as many goals as Messi right now. So it's uh, um. It's pretty funny because everybody thought that um, losing Neymar, uh, Barcelona would be doing horribly this year, and that you know Real Madrid, who just won the, the Champions League, were walking on sunshine. Right? Yeah. How, how could Barcelona survive with only the best and third best player in the world? They're missing the second best player. Yeah. Just I. Yeah. Just. And in a, in a two deep in a two deep league too, you got to take. Yeah. It. Exactly. Yeah. How how could how are yeah, Sorry, I just I laugh at folks to say that where the Barcelona is going to struggle. Guardado got that um, ray of sunshine um, and was able to. I, it certainly uplifted me. Um, thankfully, I don't have family who were uh, affected. Um, I have some family in in the FA. Um, uh, they're all fine. Uh, most of my family's in the north in Monterrey. So um, thankfully, um, uh, now, now does that make you a Monterrey fan? 
No, you know, I don't actually know what I am. I, I didn't grow up watching soccer. I grew up watching baseball. So if you want to talk about the Dodgers for the next hour, I'm more... We don't want to talk about the Dodgers. We don't ever want to talk about the Dodgers. Why not? You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? The Yoyers? The Astros are finally going to make the World Series. And who are they going to play? Their, their, their lifelong nemesis, the Doyers. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that it's going to be like the Angels versus the Red Sox or some ridiculous stuff oh. like that. Or not the Angels versus the Red Sox. The Angels versus like... The Rockies or something. Oh, I, I don't so, know. are you from LA? Long time. I'm from LA. Yeah, I grew up. I'm. I was uh, born and raised in LA, in the city of Los Angeles, not not like in Irvine or anything like that. So, all right, right on. Cool. Anyway, so, but the the question I had for you guys is, uh, um, it's kind of self serving, and I go back to talking about my son, and I know that uh, um, I forgot your name, dude, who lives in Escondido. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's your name? Daniel. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. What's your name again? Dan? Yeah. Okay, sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was trying to follow along to the, to the podcast. Um, and uh, you do soccer development, right? No. That would... Um... Oh. That, that'd be our, our, our profe, our coach, uh, Juan Uribe, who uh, joins us when, when, when he's not doing soccer development. Yeah, but, yeah. He's actually in uh, Long Beach. Oh, okay. I'm I'm confused. I'm sorry. Well, maybe you guys have an opinion about this then, and it, it is a little self-serving, but you know. So I have a. Um, I was just talking about my boy earlier, and he's been playing soccer since he was like three. And I honestly, like I said, I grew up uh, playing baseball, um, but you know, I love soccer. I, I've I've watched it. I've watched. Been, you know, I was a casual fan, to be quite honest with you guys. And um, when my kid was a little baby, um, you know wanted to board wanted to watch tv while i was you know holding him and i would rather watch soccer than have my son be exposed to the all the viagra and erectile dysfunction ads that are present in baseball and so um i hate commercials so what does that say about baseball you know, excuse me what does that say about baseball that they have there's a lot of old guys watching all right. With white dude who watch baseball. With, please with, with with BP problems. Please please continue. So, and, and me. So you're self service. Uh, so, so your kid, no. you start watching soccer with your kid while you while you're at the the kid is at the Manteet. Dude, he is loving soccer, man. I mean, I can't even tell you. And his first love was Messi. It was not Messi. It was a uh, um, uh, uh, memo. Man, he loved watching uh, those compilation videos that they put out when he was still with America. Uh, uh, you know, that one where he was diving and got that uh, a free kick in the top corner. Man, he would just watch that over and over Dude, and over. Dude, you're not going to tell us that your boy is an America fan, are you? This no. is not where this is devolving into, I hope. Not at all. Okay. Um, but anyway. We so, won't hang up on you then, so you can go so, ahead and continue. So he's been playing since he was about three. And we had him in organized, some form or fashion organized soccer since he was like three. And he's doing really well and doing really, really well. And then now I feel like he's kind of in the, it's kind of getting stuck because um, I feel like he's getting criminalized by his, because of his, because of his physical stature and because of his uh, uh, ball skills. And the reason why I say this, and I know that this is an issue that's come up again and again, a lot of times in in the United States, there's always this conversation around athleticism and soccer. You know, uh, um, they always want the biggest guys in soccer. And there's always this conversation that, well, you know, good thing that the NFL is doing so poorly right now in the ratings that maybe maybe some of these guys who would normally go out for U.S. football might go to soccer. 
and therefore might up the U.S.'s game on the international stage, right, by having bigger, stronger, more athletic guys. You know, that's... Virtually, there's a whole argument against that, which is saying, like, that's what's wrong with U.S. soccer. I can say two words to, yeah. to, to argue against that, and it'll, it'll, I think it puts the argument to rest. Period. End of story. Xavi and Iniesta. Yeah. That's exactly, you know what's funny, man? I was talking to one of his coaches because I had, I literally twice had two of his coaches talk about the whole, like they want to get the kids who are bigger, the kids who are stronger, the kids who are, are more athletic, and they put them in the top team. And you look at the kids who are in the bottom team, and they're all shorter, skinnier, smaller. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's not right because a lot of these kids, they have really good ball skills, but they're getting relegated to like, you know, the coaches who aren't very good at coaching. That's why they're coaching the second team. And my kid, there was this one moment in the game he played over the weekend where he was, he got the ball and it was a really fast pass. It was a really hard pass. And so there was a lot of pace to it. And so his, his first touch was a little poor. So he kind of popped the ball up in the air, unfortunately, but instead of worrying about it too much, he juggled it with his feet and with his knee and popped it over to two defenders that were right on him and play continued. And it was just this like moment of brilliance. The kids who have great ball skills or great, great, great skills with their feet are able to do. Meanwhile, the kids who are in the other team, the top team, these giant kids who's, who, who, I don't know. Do well, they- I'm guessing the, the, their entire strategy is the minute they get the ball is to pound it down to the guy on the wing who's running as fast as he can. Exactly. Exactly. They just like launch the ball wildly forward. Well, and it sounds like what you need to do is, is, is fine. And maybe, and maybe we can give you Quan's information with, with, with the other guy, with the other coach that um, doesn't coach my kid, but I was trying to like, you know, talk to him about like the issue that I was having. I mentioned to him that, you know what, my, my kid's kind of like Iniesta. He's kind of skinny, kind of small, not the fastest, but man, he's got such an accurate, he's got the, without a doubt, the most accurate foot on that team. Yeah, let me, let me comment on this real quick, because I got a pretty strong opinion on all this stuff. Um, you look at Germany and the, the, the size of those players. You can also look at France, even Brazil. I think if you're a big, strong player, that doesn't mean you're not going to have good ball skill. You have to grow up playing soccer. You have to grow up with the ball at your feet not just on the green, nice pitch, but on, uh, in your home, in the, in the sidewalk, everywhere. You have to have the ball. And a lot of the soccer countries grow up that way. In the U.S., it's not the case. You only, only play with the ball at soccer practice. Uh, and then the NFL thing is a good deal. But I do think is a good, you know, what you said about the NFL, um, if that was to drastically even go down uh, more as far as ratings, I think these, the huge athletes, you know, the bigger athletes, if they all of a sudden in the U.S. start playing soccer when they're small, they will have that ball skill and they'll beat out all the Iniestas and all the little guys. The problem is, and, and not all, not always. So, you know, there are there are going to be some troncos and some torpes that you know they can't do nothing. They got two left legs. Um, but I think the uh, the larger you know when you have the larger guy, if they can have the you know both the, the best of both worlds, then they're going to dominate. Yeah, yeah but I mean, if you're equal, you'd rather have the taller, faster guy. Forty sure. years, dude. But I think, but one more, one last thing on on your on your son's team, or you know the coaches that you're seeing, 
I, I think that's a problem on the coach's end where, you know, they just choose all the big guys, not taking into account um, ball, ball skill. And then they play them and they say, use your strength, focus on just your strength. And that's, you know, you can do that for, for only so much. You got to also focus and, and develop not just that, but your your technical skill and your ball handling skills. And I'd say this: your smarts too. Um, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. I I I don't know if if this is a not to make any generalizations, but maybe if you're if you're having trouble finding certain um, coaches or certain leagues that are that. Are, Try different leagues or try different coaches from different areas. Yeah, yeah. Just ask around. I uh, see if, if some coach plays a you know a different way. Because I know um, I, yeah. um, our our profe is his. Oh, he, actually, we do have a coach here. Rigo Rigo's a coach. Yeah, I coach I coach uh, little league soccer too. Um, but growing up in New York, um, and now you know being down here in Orlando and watching how they play here in Orlando. There's, I, I see two different things. I see here in Orlando, I, I see more of that Americanized, you know, long ball play with, you know, um, play more physical, play, you know, try to use physical attributes to win games from the other teams that we play against. And even from the kids that come onto my team and and I'm coaching them, they have a lot of trouble with, you know, passing the ball, um, knowing how to get into open space, into open space for other players. Whereas in where I grew up in, in New York, in Long Island, um, it was a very, like, the town was pretty much Latin American. Um, the soccer teams were all, you know, Central American, South American. So there was a lot of emphasis on passing, on on your on your first touch, on retaining possession. Um, when you have control of the ball, you know it's okay to drop the ball back all the way to the defenders. And here, I hear you know, like because I'm I'm on the sideline, and you know I'll I'll tell my kids, hey, if there's if you can't, if there's nobody in front of you open, like it's okay to drop the ball back. You know. It's, let's start over. If the other team is 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 you know hunkering back on 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 their side of the pitch, um, and like I'll have, I'll I'll see my kids pass the ball back, and then I'll hear from on the other side of the of the field like a parent yell like, "What are you doing? Why are you going back?" Um, and it's just like a completely different style of uh, of how, what they're used to. So yeah, so maybe going to I mean I don't I don't know where you live, um, and I don't know what you know, what type of you know nationalities there are there, but maybe going somewhere where they focus more on, um, you know, the talent with the ball instead of the the physical attributes. Because if if your son is good with at, at having ball control and and uh, smart with the ball, and he doesn't need the size. You don't need the size in soccer. No, you don't. I mean, it helps. It helps. You don't. Because I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I coach the high school team. Soccer is all about you, I, low center of gravity. If you have a low center of gravity, I, 
I had and a bunch of points. While you're going to be and, and, they, and they were they were great. I mean, I'm five eleven, six foot. I'm not that. I'm not, I don't have the best ball control. Um, but my brother's five eight, and he was always one of the shortest guys in the field. And great ball control, great vision. Um, and he was always the best player on the field when we played. And he was shorter. Um, did you? Uh, so did you ever, did you ever play? A, did you ever? Did you ever play against him? Uh, no. We never, we, 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 never, we, never, we never play against each other else. But, you know, we go to a in-between pickup game or something. Yeah. So you never had to meter la pierna? Oh, I, I have. Okay. <laughs> in, in a pickup game. Una cascarita. Damn, that's harsh. But you got to do what you got to do. Well, hope that that, uh, that, that answered uh, our, our, our uh, Joel from Oakland's question. Yeah, do you guys hear me anymore? Yeah, we hear you. Okay, yeah, everyone was talking over you. That's why. Yeah, we were uh, talking over you. Did you have anything else, sir? My, there's a little boy. No, no. Um, do I have anything else? Yeah. Um, do you have another question or comment? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, uh that was the only thing. I, I just kind of wanted some kind of to be quite honest with you guys. I just wanted some affirmation, and I knew that, like I said, ultimately this was an ongoing discussion about how the United States views itself in the rest of the world. And I know that in other parts of the world, like, you know, Mexico and South America, like you guys said, Europe, you know, there isn't this uh, um, uh, importance of athleticism being placed on on the kids and on the players. It's more uh, about the ball skills. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, getting to that, uh, um, that, that fifth game in, in, in the United States is having the same conversations. And, and, you know, they, 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 People are talking about how you know all the all the U.S. players do is just run, 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 because they just uh, um, have the um, focus on athleticism, and they get tired and they lose. So, and I, I it's hard because I'm going up against a, a club. Basically, my son's club is is one of those U.S. soccer uh, uh, organization uh, uh, affiliated groups, and so they're getting all the curriculum that uh, um, uh, filtered down, and and they're they're embracing it. So. Yeah, maybe I should look for something else. So, in terms of other questions, though, man, I don't know. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm kind of at a loss because that's all I'm fixated on right now. I, 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 I do have questions about the lack of a striker in the national team. Who's going to be our next striker? The, the, the next one, as in, like for 2022, or even. 2018, man. I, I, I'm not. I, I, I'm getting a little nervous about Chicharito. Oh no, I, I think we're fine. Um, um, I think we're we're perfectly fine with uh, with Raúl or with Chicharito. Um, uh, as, as, uh, I, I mean, you have the kid. The, you have the kid from Santos, the Cristiano Ronaldo kid. Yeah, okay, uh, uh, Ronaldo Cisneros. Yeah, there's there's one for from America. And, that, uh, and there's an 18 year old that right now at Porto. Uh, and there's there's always going to be some some guys, and there's going to be some late bloomers. Um, I know. Uh, I, no, I, I was I, really. I'm hoping... a Santos fan, so I, I follow those guys. But uh, Joao Malek, he's he's done. He's doing pretty good with the with the youth team over at Porto. So uh, go ahead, was, John. Sorry, I was, I was really hoping that 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 Paleta Esqueda would have the. The the Oribe Peralta like, you know, late bloomer, you know, run of run of of the ages like like Oribe had from. Well, 
according to Joel, uh, not 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 you, uh, uh, Oakland Joel, our our uh, South LA Joel. Um, apparently, uh, he, according to him, Fierro is about to to bust out. But bust out of what? <laughs> <laughs> Only I'm likes. just saying, like he 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 did say, like he, you know, he's he's hitting that 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 Oribe age where when Oribe started blowing he up. He is not gonna hit the Oribe age. That's the that's the perfect soundbite for that. Yeah. That he Hoel went over on his bid and did not get the lounge suite. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Fierro is who we thought he was. That's, that's, personally, what, what, I, th- what, I think I think Jimenez needs the, the 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 half that they played against Costa Rica, in in down in in San Jose, was the best half that Mexico's played under Osorio, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, that Jimenez can you know he can play espaldas al arco and he can also run, and he has the best ball control. You're talking about ball control, which is what you needed to, to run that that offense that Osorio runs. His ball control is far superior to, uh, to uh, to Chicharitos. Not that Chicharitos is bad. It's gotten a lot better. But, but Raul Jimenez is just much better on the ball. So I personally think that in this system, uh, and frankly, I would love to have Chicharito to come, you know, either, you know, play on the wing or come off. Well, the reality the is that they're both, they're, they're both going to play. So, you know, one will play one game and one will play the other. That one of the criticisms, no, I mean, going on at the West Ham is that, um, is that he's being played on the wing and he's not being very effective. I think he's he's he he adds a lot. I mean, in either position, I just think that, at least personally, I, I like him more as a goal scorer. Yeah, I don't know why they would um, waste him on the wing. I mean, he, no, a, he's not a striker; it, he's a goal scorer. It's exactly the way this, to describe him. In this four-three-three, like with uh, that, Asori likes to play. I'm I'm okay with with him and Raúl playing together, switching off, taking turns. I guess going like depending on how the play develops. You know, th- that to me is the problem. Way. It should be a four four two. The problem. That's what problem I was going to say. Three, I think that, that, that he be... plays. The problem with the four two three that he plays is that none of the midfielders there provide that that like that pivot role behind the striker. So the reason that that Raúl kind of works better is because Raúl kind of drops back. And juega uh, espaldas al arco to to get to retain possession and let the rest of his team you know well, come back. The other thing Raúl has at Chicharito, not and, and again Chicharito is the reason I think Chicharito is outstanding is, is that he is I don't think there's anybody better in the world that can the ball make, movement make him exactly make himself available for a center or a cross than Chicharito. He is he makes himself open. It's incredible how well he does, and he still does it incredible. That is outstanding. However, Raúl has much more. His he is much more dangerous in a much wider area of influence. I Meaning, like his his uh, diameter of, of where he's dangerous is much much wider than Chichen. He can shoot from outside. He has a, a much better shot. So, in, in that sense, I mean, they, I think they they both have to play in Russia. You got to throw your best players. I mean, this rotacionist thing is great. You have got to put your best players out there. Period. End of story. I mean, it's the freaking World Cup. I just think it's a, it's kind of a shame though that that we're not gonna. I, I'm with uh, was it the four two the the four four two just seems like it'd be you'd get to have them both doing having them at their best, and then and then you could still have really good wingers like 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 Corona and Bella possibly like or Chucky, 
you know, playing wide, um, uh, providing service or, 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 or cutting in. I mean, right. And then I think, you know, you, you sit back and get like, I, I know we're, we're, we're low on defensive midfields, but at least, you know, get more people back there holding things down, you know, and, 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 and be more protective. I just don't, I, I don't see how the three forwards ever combine. Well, me, I, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big four, three, three guy. Cause I think that it puts, it puts two dangerous players. At least one of them is always going to be like 40 yards from the goal on, 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 on any given play. And I think that that's just wrong. I think that any, any formation where you have a dangerous player that far away from the goal, every other play to me is, is insane. So I, I think the four four two is a better uh, on that. One of the things I, I remember uh, when I was listening to the Football Weekly podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, they were talking about West Ham. And one of the uh, panelists mentioned that almost every, I think if she said every goal that Cheech has ever scored in England was from the six-yard box. Right. Or outside the six-yard box ever. And I feel like, you know, if we just had him facing forward and had Jimenez, because remember where Jimenez, when he was playing with Chucho at a, 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 with America, the, the, the tandem that those two guys had, up top for for America was awesome, and if they just if they could do some kind of mix of that, I mean, I know that Cheech is not Chucho, uh, but uh, um, but if they can do something like that, I, I think that it would be a killer tandem. But I, I honestly, I haven't seen that yet. When I know that they've only played how many times have they played together? Not very often. I uh, have uh, Chucho. Well, they combined really well in the. Uh... And 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 the game well, Dan, you were there in the Rose Bowl. I mean, it was it was it was but the two of them and Oribe. So they didn't necessarily have wingers. They just had three strikers that were rotating. You know, they just they just took turns playing in the middle. Well, that was a, um was it um, Duca did that also, yeah. um, right? Played three strikers and, and that one actually worked really well. I thought because um, they weren't necessarily with, uh, wingers. They were with like, Oribe, I think was in there as well. Yeah. Um, that yeah, well, to, to address to your previous question about the forwards, like it's not the greatest of situations, but I mean, I think having those two, uh, you know, one and one A, and then you still have um, possibly Pulido, um, an aging but yet still reliable Oribe. I know people don't like him, but I, how can I, how can you I, not I don't, like I don't know why. I don't know. Why. I mean, the dude but, has been but, nails for how, how long? Like six, seven years now. Nails. He's too damn pretty, dude. I mean, I, oh, I know it. You know, I, that's I, what you know, it I, is. I went and got my hair cut today, and she asked me. I said, "You got to give me Oliva style." Damn. Yeah. Santos, I, I, Santos, Oliva uh, or 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 America? No, America. Come on, I don't want to oh. have. The, I don't want to have the natural, the natural breeze cut. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna try to keep it like like street, dude. No, I like I like I like Oliva with his. With his uh, his boorish, his polished look, off, yeah, where he looks brooding. You know, he's, you know, with, with Santos, he just looks, you know, he looks just too goofy. But you know, you know what my wife said? She said he, when I when I explained the joke to her about his nickname, she's like, "Well, he's not ugly. Oh. Look at what America did to him." Damn, that embraces. Got embraces. Grows hair longer. No, he. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if he keeps scoring goals for America, he's going to be on the World Cup team. I mean, there's, 
And yeah, I think I mean, he should be an automatic. Honestly, I mean, uh, there's very other few uh, forwards that, that. I mean, for one, there's very few forwards. Period. I, I have a hard time arguing with you, Dan. If if, if he continues to score for Amerika, yeah, there's there's no reason why he shouldn't go. And honestly, I think as far as holding up play while small, I think he's probably a better passer than those other two. He's a. Uh, I'm going to have to stop you there. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't is think he's a better passer than Raul. Passer. Yeah, Raul yeah. is an outstanding passer. I think Raul is the most complete striker we have right now. Yeah, he, he's the one that's like, it's like, why the hell isn't he playing more? You know, and, you know wherever. I mean, frankly, he, I mean, I mean, it was great that he moved to Europe, but he's one of those guys. You know what? Maybe he should have stayed in America and been the guy in America for a couple of years. And then if you make kinda, him move, you're making him move to Liverpool. I think his situation has just really been really unfortunate. Every time he's gotten a good run of games, he's gotten injured. Right. And unfortunately, he's sharing. I mean, he's got two really good strikers that are, that are that are that are fighting for minutes too. I mean, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he he was not there to be there for three years. He was there to be there for a year, a year and a half tops. Because Benfica, they're there not in the. Well, I think both the, parties are pretty disappointed and, 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 the way things yeah. are are panning out, for sure. Both parties are definitely like crap. But uh, you know, I think uh, you know he would gonna... be a guy that uh, if if you know in 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 the winter loan window, loan him to America. You know, loan him to America's proxy team, Veracruz, or to. I don't, uh, think, I don't think that's realistic, though. If uh, they're going to be fighting for a title, and they're going to they're going to want at the very least and want. Dude, backup. if if if, they, if if they're not going to play him, and they want to recoup their losses, they're going to loan him out to where he can best. And the, the reality for Raúl is, is that his the best place for him to make money now. I mean, unless if he has just a buffo year at Benfica. Which is looking highly unlikely, is, is is to go back to Mexico or to go to MLS. I him. think it's premature. And I think uh, I think he's going to get plenty of minutes. But what I'm maybe saying is, not, if, maybe if not too much. Uh, it's stuck on want. the bench to the point where in, in December, you know what? You know, you know, let's go to Necaxa and you know see what I can do. Well, I think Benfica is going to try their hardest to try to sell him. If not, they're going to keep him. I don't. See he that. scored a big goal. He scored a, a very nice goal. This, I mean, he's, you know, again, he just he he he. I just think he has more. He has more tools in his in his. Uh, and you think uh, about the goals, the magnitude of the goals that that he scored. Uh, he seems to have a. Um, that cold bloodedness in, in, in a striker that he doesn't seem uh, ever overwhelmed because even even as a kid with the national team he, he he's he's come up already he's yeah. come through the dude's a stud man I, I I personally I favor him over Chicharito as much as I love Chicharito well I mean I, I do believe that they both should uh, that they both should play. It's just that when, when in the four three three though, what makes more sense to having Chicharito and Raúl and plus who? Yeah, I don't know, uh, Corona, Corona, or you have well, if, see, one if they, true striker yeah, there, and then two. Would, is, is I would let them be two strikers and not do a four three three, but do a four three one two, and that way you can let Corona go to both sides, so that he's the winger, you know, and 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 and, 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 and leave the other two guys in the middle. Or you could, or you could play your your midfield with 
two defensive midfielders and the guy behind Cheech be like Raul. So you have you have three in the middle, but it's like a it's like a triangle. And the guy behind, which they've kind of done with Carlos Vela, where they put him behind the striker, right? Um, so you still you, you still have your two wingers up top, but then you have this 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 other striker in the middle with 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 Cheech behind, playing behind him. But he has he has good ball control and he has good possession and passing. You know, the, the, the reality is, uh, for both of them, is that one thing that they're not necessarily real good at, teaches a little better, is that they're not, you know, sometimes strikers have to well, have to do a lot of dirty work as far as, you know, whether it's defensively or, you know, making run, you know, whatever it is. And I don't think Mexico really has a really good dirty work striker right now that that would, that would help complement. Like a guy like Kikin, you know, Kikin wasn't the greatest striker in the world. But he did a lot of the little things really well, and he was, you know, he was generally successful. What I would call a defensive forward, <laughs> not a striker, and uh, that that seemed to really, really, really work with with Hanet really well. And I remember one time I watched, uh, I think it was against Holland, where he set a screen that took three guys out. It was impressive as hell, and, and it just and it gave uh, Borghetti just a, a, a clear open header to score, and he scored easily, of course. So. If Mexico had a guy like that, then I would I would feel more comfortable having. But uh, unfortunately, they don't. Well, Joel, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to call, and uh, and thanks for listening. We do uh, we do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, um, giving me some uh, positive feedback. By the way, because um, it's really helpful. Sometimes I kind of feel like I'm in a vacuum over here. And uh, um, good to hear some. Uh, uh, it's good to hear the uh, the kind of responses I heard tonight because uh, um, makes me think that I'm not crazy. There's uh, probably some message boards you could go to, to to find out, you know, what kind of coaches and what kind of what the other academies and clubs, what style of play they teach. The problem is, is that when you're dealing with, you know, it's like when you're dealing with the the, the main club in the area, then it's kind of like, well, what do you do then? Do you go to a smaller, less established club? Well, you know, you do have another option. How how old is your boy? Oh, he's only ten, man. He just turned ten. So, right, so you, you got time. Okay, you know, you could you could learn the coaching style and do it yourself. That's what I told him. I said, you know, I know you like playing with your friends, but you know, he told me he was playing in a rec league for a while, and uh, um, I said, this is option that you can go to competitive league. You won't know anybody there, but it'll be a higher level soccer play, and you'll learn a lot more. And it'll be a lot harder for you, but you'll learn a lot more and develop a lot better. And so I gave him and the just option. Just out of curiosity, do they have any Liga Mexicanas there in Oakland? Hey, what? Do they have any, any Liga Mexicanas? I'm sure they do. What? Do they have any, 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 any uh, Mexican, adult Mexican rec leagues in Oakland? Oh yeah, you know there's a ton of stuff, man. I mean, and remember, there's also because there's so many other Latin Americans here, man. There's, right. We've got Central Americans and. Well, what I'm saying is, is it, do, do those rec leagues have like youth rec leagues? For a minute. Do those rec leagues have their own youth rec league system too, or do they? Or is it just adult rec leagues? Yeah, no, they do. They do. So no, that's why I would do for a minute, and, and I could, and I know I could train them. I, I, I got, I got, I got options, and I got. Um, 
I got it. But it's just, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do what's best for him. And I know that if he stuck with this league, it would be really well if he excelled in it. But that's sticking with it in, in their process. And I don't know if we can handle it. But anyway, you know, I'm going to let you guys go because um, I like listening to you guys on my podcast when I listen to my podcast in the morning. And I don't want to hear my own voice while I'm listening. So, um, but I appreciate all you guys do because you, you guys, I don't know if you realize it or not. I'm sure you guys see the stats, but you know, there's a lot of people out there who appreciate uh, listening to you all. And I'm certainly one of them. So keep it up. And uh, um, thanks for all you do. Okay. No, thank you very much. That was uh, a from Oakland with uh, some very kind words for us. That's uh, very humbling to hear uh, folks. If he hasn't left, uh, how did you hear about us? Is he gone? How did I hear about you guys? Man, yeah, how did you hear about the show? I, I, I'm on Twitter too much, man. Uh, everybody's posting stuff on Twitter, and I'm, I'm trying to follow along. Remember, I grew up uh, playing and paying attention to baseball, so um, I, I was never into soccer as much as I've been in the last, like, 10 years. So um, I basically tried to get up to speed, man. I figure if I'm going to do something, I better do it well. And uh, – um, so, you know, the word got around and I'm not quite sure how I figured it out. I think I just typed in Mexico soccer football podcast into into my podcast player and you guys came up. You guys were like something else before, man. You were like Yeah, we've been Los and Los Cachirules. Los Yeah, and then you were something else and you Los guys Cachirules. like several iterations. We were the the Siete Cero podcast one night. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was a good oh. night, man. That was a good night. That was a very good night. And you know what? I, I'm going to send you guys that article I wrote about Rafa because he's the one who won the game for us in Columbus. And he's done so much to inspire Mexicans. And he's done so much for, I mean, he's the one. I know you guys, I've heard a couple of uh, previous podcasts where you guys were going back and forth on on the wisdom of having a players union and, Oh well, these guys they get they dig their own hole, and Alan Pulido dug his own hole, and this and that and the other. And I, you know, I'm from Oakland. I'm, you know, I was from LA, but I mean, I've been living in Oakland for 20 years, man. And if you guys know about the radical politics up here, you know that it's all about the union and about the worker rights. And so I'm down with Rafa, man. He's been an inspiration and a legend for Mexicans and Mexicanos, and 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 that goal he scored against South Africa. No, it only tied it, but damn, man, we're about to go out. We're about to go out the first game against South Africa, and he tied it up, man. He and that was beautiful to see him and his reactions. He knows that was his best World Cup game. And so and so um, and so, I had to give him a nod, man, because that the drug war is ridiculous, and the fact that he got caught up, our legend got caught up in it. Nah, not having it, man. So I'm going to send you guys an article, okay? Thank you very much, and, and, and thanks for listening. And, and we really do appreciate the uh, the kind words. Hopefully, uh, things will go well with uh, with your boy. So, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Wow, that's uh, a lot of stuff there. It was good. Hey, that just goes to show that, like, I'm surprised to hear Rodrigo uh, talk about like in Orlando, which is pretty close to Bradenton the youth development for the U S soccer. And then in uh, Oakland or California in general to see such like amateurish coaches out there, amateur soccer, you'd expect that from like uh, Oklahoma or something. Oh, stop, stop. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, amateur. I mean, 
here in the town that I live in, the high school team has probably made the state championships at least like state championships or state semifinals at least the four years that I've been here. And I've gone to see them play because um, my ex-girlfriend's cousin played for the team. And the coach did absolutely nothing. I mean, he wouldn't even give instructions on the sideline. And what they do is they take the best kids from the travel leagues and they just have them go play. But when you're in... when you're playing high school, that's when you should be when the coach should have the most impact on. Yeah, but the thing is, is your, it's, it's not a revenue generator for the for the school, so they're just going to stick some. Yeah, oh no, oh no. I mean, whoever they get. This is the way it was when I was in high school, however long ago, and it doesn't look like things have changed. Although I will say, when I went to go, uh, when I went to LA and watch uh, Juan uh, 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 teach or you know practice. Uh, I actually didn't find him. I found like some other people that were practicing, and they were legit, man. Was, and these are all uh, Mexican or Latin uh, coaches and players, so that might have been well, not not fully. There were some, there were some white dudes in there. Um, they they were doing legit stuff, man. And then Juan was as well with his team, which were smaller. So there are places out there, but I was surprised to hear. Uh, both of well, you. I mean, it's the, you know, again, you know, Juan, you know, has, has has told us, you know, both the good and bad about that whole system, and it's. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, if you know, you know, the, the same thing happened to Juan. And Juan's like, you know, I can't have this for my kids. I got, I got to learn to, you know, to do it myself. And you know, obviously, it's it's worked out real well for Juan. And we're very happy yeah, to have him when when he comes on. You know, if if you know if he ever comes back on, we need to have. I thought that for sure that when 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 Martin was 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 praising. You know, Hans Westerhoff to the you know to like he put him in the most in the most exalted status you know that one could that 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 Juan would call in immediately. He might have been too geek to 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 join. Yeah, I mean, just to like a really excited. He's like, oh, I'm just going to embarrass myself, and yeah. I don't want to gush. Right. <laughs> it's like that 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 I, I like sending my uh, my uh, brother-in-law is a big Chiefs fan, and they've actually had a good start in the NFL. They're they're two zero, but they beat the Patriots. Which in 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 New England, which was just you know totally shocking, and and uh, he, he was like was not expected at all. So I sent him that gif of uh, it's from uh, it's a David Lynch movie, Videodrome. Uh, Didn't see it. Where the dude's sitting there and his head explodes. It, it's you know, if you just anyway. So I, I that that's a I'm sure that had uh, had Juan been listening, he probably would have sent that gif because I'm sure that that's exactly what he was. Oh my god. So, but anyway, well, gentlemen, we probably uh, pick a good time to uh, to wrap it up. I know that everyone's got a got a, got an early start tomorrow. So, uh, but uh, this was another I got another another great entertaining show. So, thank you all very much for for attending. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a happier so circumstances short, right? uh, next week. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when we get going, and you know, we had a nice uh, a nice call from 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 Juan in Oakland. Uh, well, I guess we'll call him. Uh, it's well, funny, man. I've, I've I've heard him probably half a dozen times. Really? Yeah, I, I recognize the voice. And then when he said Joel in Oakland, I was like, that's got to be the same guy. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, you that know, we're that getting we have, around. Yeah, that we have that. A, uh, what apparently what turns out to be a, a pretty decent reputation. Who knew? That's uh, 
that that's good. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to do something about that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Ron. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What, what can I do about that? Do you still want to show me your cucumber? What else? Just what to else? Make, just to make sure the kids yeah. aren't, aren't yeah, listening. What else we got? Hijo la chingada, no mames, way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're we're a bilingual bilingual defenders on the show. But anyway, no. So it's a. Uh, I know. I, I know that uh, with with not having games this week and with everything that's happened in Mexico, it's a, a kind of a just a, a very uh, very challenging week. But uh, we do appreciate y'all hopping on, and I, I do appreciate uh, all of you guys hopping on as well. Chickies, thank you so much again for setting all this up, man. We, we we can't do it without you. We appreciate all the work and effort you put in that making sure that we're on uh, live and then that we're on iTunes and SoundCloud and also on Google Play. So thank you, Chickies, for that. Yeah, no problem. I was glad uh, he tweeted and, and I was able to catch him because once he tweeted, I uh, I popped up the uh, phone line and he uh, he called in. So that was cool. That's, I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be Surge, quite honestly. But but we were being too nice to America for 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 for, for Surge to, to 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 call in. So, but we do love Surge. To he could call in any time, of course. Uh, Dan, thanks again for for hopping on. I know that you have an early an early day tomorrow too, so we appreciate it. Fun as always, boys. And. Uh, Hopefully uh, your Santos will will get on track with uh, with a new coach. Yeah, my my campeonato prediction needs to needs some work. By the way, my Cruz Azul one is looking. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It's looking pretty damn good. Just yeah, it's not it looking bad. Not looking bad. I'm just throwing it out there. Rigoberto, are you gonna? So you, you so you you would have missed the Clasico had it, had it been played because you would have been driving. No, no, I don't leave till Tuesday. Oh, you don't leave. Yeah. How, how how long a drive is that from Orlando? What is that about? Is that a is that a one sixteen hour drive? It's not bad. Sixteen. It's not so bad, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drive in a, in a U-Haul, so I'm probably gonna drive uh-huh. slower. Right. So I'll probably take probably stop somewhere overnight, and then it'll probably take me two days. I'm in no rush. I don't start work. I don't start my new job until the following week. So. Well, congratulations on on your on your new gig. Yeah, thank you. So you're gonna be you're gonna be back in New York. That means that that, that opens you up for uh, for NYFC and uh, well, you could be kind of oh, hard no. to get to Jersey. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm Orlando. I'm, I'm gonna stick with Orlando City. I actually don't root for any of the New York teams. And By I was policy. born and raised there. By policy. Yeah, I just uh, I but think the New York. So so no no Yankees no Mets. No, I'm a Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox guy. No Knicks. No Knicks. They no. stink. Uh, no, no, no Giants or Jets. Well, you're like I'm my dad, Niners, man. I'm, I'm a Niners fan. Um, no, if, uh, if no, was, no Brooklyn Nets. Oh, definitely not. Uh, what about what I, about hockey? What's 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 your hockey team? How? I grew up. I grew up in the in the Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux era. I always like Mario Lemieux. I like I like the Penguins, but I don't really follow it. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, no New York teams. No New York. Interesting. You so, know, um, speaking of hockey, though. Uh, my, my friend once dated a girl who, um, whose nickname was uh, Fina Robotai. But why? Because she had a chipped tooth. <laughs> That's I don't know if I could date a girl with a chipped tooth. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it either. But uh, he did it, and uh, one, one of the one of the boys came up with that with that little gem, which. Uh, which obviously I still remember, so it left an impression. Wow. I'm sorry, that, that, that was mean-spirited, wasn't it? Hang on, hang on. 
Eh, me estoy avergonzado. When you walk through the door and you see someone oh, no, just running really like rapidly away, that right. was him. Yeah. Or a guy with a Guy Fox mask. I should definitely stop. Or I, actually, he would probably have like he probably put on like the Bane mask, and, you know, and a, and a hat, so you know he can't he can't be seen. So, or maybe he'll only talk to you like 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 deep throat in uh, in all the presidents, <laughs> man. You know, in the in the garage downstairs, you know, behind a pillar. <laughs> in the in the shadow. Exactly. He, uh, Rico probably doesn't understand what you guys are saying. <laughs> He no, get... I do. Oh, okay. No, that that, that I do. That, yeah. that I do now. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking about the backstory, the context to this whole. Yeah, oh no, know. that I don't get. That, yeah, I, that I don't Ron know. doesn't want to want to be like he doesn't want his face out in, in anything. He won't. I mean, I noticed that he yeah. doesn't have his face on on his. Uh, yeah. He doesn't want anybody account. want anybody know who you know who he looks like. Or yes, he could be. You know, could be. You know, he, he could, could be, be anyone. Anybody. He could be anybody. Yeah. You know. It could be anybody. You know, he does sound an awful. He has that same accent as the as as former Attorney General. Uh, what was that guy's name? Jen Reno. No, no, no. The one from uh, from Houston. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Albert uh, Gonzalez. They yeah. sound exactly like. Yeah. They both have that same Houston accent. So maybe maybe Ron is is really Albert Gonzalez. Yeah. Why don't you guys sound like that? Is that is that just a Houston thing then? You know, I've I've only heard it really. Uh, well, I mean, Chiquis isn't from here. I mean, Chiquis is from from Alabama, it's from Florida, so, oh, yeah. Alabama, okay, or wherever from the south, Florida. Yeah, I, but, I uh, despise the southern accent, so I try my best to not have it. I just uh, I'm not just ever. All right, I never I never developed an accent, at least not a Texas. I mean, I say y'all occasionally, but uh, I mean, I can tell. I mean, I don't know. I just have I've. When I first came up to the States, I didn't really have that much of an accent either. I definitely had an LA accent. I don't know when I... I, I, I think like, I got rid of most like, of it. Like, like, Joel, like Joel's LA accent? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I guess somewhere between uh, his and... You got a uh, California accent. You could, you could hear it. Yeah. A yeah, little bit. yeah. It's not like it's not like Cholo accent. But it's like a but California I, accent. Like I could tell you from California, but I definitely had that uh the Southgate uh twang for 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 uh probably until probably until college, until I was surrounded by I guess better speaking people, more more eloquent people that uh, my speech improved I guess because you had to keep up I guess. Who's the one that's a, a Chivas fan besides Joel? Uh, Juan Juan Wilson? yeah. He 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 has more of a, a cholo. He you could tell that like, he used to be a cholo. Back in the day, he had a little bit more of that. Wow, you think so, huh? He definitely had a low rider or a low rider bike. No, man, I don't. Th- I don't think so at all. I think you're you're totally wrong. I think I think that's just uh, how a lot of us talk or, or, uh, in that area. Um, right now, when you said "nah, man," where they <laughs> real cool, I was like, "All right." <laughs> oh, I could turn it on. I mean, we. I mean, being on the East Coast, like. 
you just automatically assume that all all Mexicans in LA talk like cholos. Every time uh, we, I always give my my wife a lot of shit over it. Every time uh, we mention the valley or something, it's like, so, or it's like, oh, and they'll say so, something about Silmar. Like, hey, orale, Silmar, hey, orale, all right. Well, now, Dan, uh, before we go, now, uh, like, like when I think of the, every time we say the valley, I always, I always think the Rio Grande Valley. But, but in the Rio Grande Valley, the conversation is always bilingual. It's the most bilingual place I've ever been to ever. I mean. You know, you know, white people, brown people, whatever. They all they're all speaking both English and Spanish in every conversation. At least, at least on the on the on the on the U.S. side, is uh, is 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 L.A. like that at all? No, I don't think so. No, like my area is bilingual because most of our parents don't speak English. Okay, um, and we learn we learn English either by watching television or, or just in school and like that, basically. And which is explains which why a lot of people do have those accents, you know, because they grow they they grow up. Uh, but what about basically. speaking Spanish though? Well, a lot of a lot, pretty fluent, I'd say, in those same areas. But then uh, the more in the valley, I would say it's a little bit less. So, like, because I mean, my neighborhood's probably ninety five percent ninety between ninety five and ninety eight percent Hispanic. But do you guys? Um, we're we're in the valley. It's a little bit more fifty fifty. Like, and it's it's like it's just a lot, lot more diverse where she grew up. Right, but they're not. Gonna There's speak still a English ton of Mexican combination. She doesn't speak like a, like a, a lick of Spanish. Right. Okay. So that so that, so Spanish isn't as. I mean, unless in your certain neighborhoods, you're not going to hear Spanish. I guess is my point. Yeah. Okay. It's either it's either full what I'm asking. or full Spanish. There's no like. Um, like even non-pure, mucho span uh, Spanish, like saying words that aren't even, they don't even exist. Like in Texas, I hear a lot of people say "asinas," like "asi," but they say "asinas," which isn't even a word. <laughs> I've I've never heard that. Well, I've heard it. An example, but like, do they yeah. parquear? That's not a word either. Yeah, but that's northern. I mean, northern Mexico does that too. I mean, that, that's not just. That's not, I mean that's I mean, that's where Texas gets its influence. So, but what the, the the word that you hear in the valley a lot, at least the Rio Grande Valley is, uh, or at least it used to be. I don't know if it still is. Is uh, is that one? Yeah, that's cool, man. That one. Uh, everybody I'm to think of LA isms. Um, I don't know. At high school gatherings, we we sure like to chant culero. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you, guys, you guys have the more Mexican. Spanish than in Texas, where it's all jacked up here. Well, I think that you have to. I mean, we're 250 miles from the border, cheekies down in, in, like I said, you know, yeah, down there, down there, it's all jacked up. In the in the Rio Grande Valley, yeah, it's not that bad. You crack me up. People, well, maybe, maybe Victoria is a little bit far. Well, would you uh, Would you agree though, cheekies, that that that, the, that you can interchange English and Spanish with pretty much anybody in the valley, and it'll be it won't be a problem at all. Yeah, they can understand. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty amazing. It's I mean, it's uh, it, that, that 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 so many folks down there speak both languages without you know with with without any difficulty at all. I think I, I think most people here would probably get by. Like they'd probably understand some, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's not a thing where it's interchangeable. Not not in the slightest. And let, I'd say even less so here in San Diego. 
It's funny. San Diego's way it's more close. integrated right. than uh, integrated than L.A., but uh, which I guess makes sense. Which which is why I guess L.A. is way more Mexican than San Diego. But is San Diego more, more conservative politically, though? Yeah, uh, I mean, you have all the military people here. That I think that has a lot to do with it, and um, and where I live, it's pretty. Um, on the bordering of rural, so you know, once you once you get into the sticks, it gets to be a little bit more. Uh... So, if you want to get poachified, you go to San Diego. If you want to keep your your vatos locos roots, you go to LA. Although, although I'm told that uh, Chula Vista is more more from what more more of uh, what I'm used to, but I've never actually been in that area much, so. Dan, do you play golf? No, but I, but I, the times that I have, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's just not, it's not something that I've uh, been able to do. Yeah. Should I, I, I actually gonna, got I chased? Was... Uh, I got chased by a deer the one time I I, I went out to uh, golfing once. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask you. You like movies about gladiators? But I, I didn't think it was appropriate, so I didn't I didn't play it. Yeah, I accidentally. Um, I well, not accidentally. I hit a ball into a ravine. I went to go retrieve it, and um, there was a couple of fawns that came skipping out, and and the oh, mama, the mama, mama, yeah, mama, we got in a little stare down. And then one of us flinched, and then she came charging at me, and I just started hauling ass. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have deer in my neighborhood. There's a. It's funny, Regal was posting on on Twitter. I think his little animal interactions too. So, oh, keep it. I up have here. animal interactions all the time. I'm gonna die a white death because I love fucking wild animals. And the other day, that I was driving to work. There was all of a sudden the car in front of me slows down and then goes on the other side of the road. So, like after after he goes on the other side of the road, I see there's a giant turtle, and I'm like, you know what? Let me let me pull over and help it cross the road. But it wasn't like a regular turtle. It was like a snapping turtle. It looked yeah. like almost like a, like, like a mini dinosaur. And so I get out the car and I walk over and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm about to help you, my little turtle friend. And as I, as the closer I get, he goes into the shell. So I'm like, perfect. I'll, I'll pick him up and I'll walk him across the street. Well, I didn't even lift him like six inches. And all of a sudden, like, his head shoots out and it just snaps back at me and it starts snarling. And I just like dropped it. Like I, I like it startled me. And I just dropped it. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm leaving. And I just, I left the turtle. I was like, there, that's what I get for being a good Samaritan. Did he, did he, did... <laughs> so you just let him get run over by, by, by the next truck that drove by, huh? No. Well, I mean the car, there was, there was literally a line of cars waiting huh. for me to help the turtle. Cross. And they all saw you drop it. They all saw me drop it and go back to my car. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping turtle, man. Just run it over. Um, nice. But since, since I've been here in Florida, I've ran into uh, ostriches. Um, but those are behind the fence. Uh, a gator in a trail, a rattlesnake, uh, and wild boar. I had a run-in with wow. uh, with a crocodile. I was playing golf in Cancun a couple years ago. I had no idea it was there, and I actually had turned my back to it, and I had my back to it for like a good minute without even knowing that it was there until the 
the beer girl when she drove by. I was like, hey, did you see that crocodile? I was like, and I turned out, I was like, holy shit, because I had no clue. And I was like, how close was from, it? Like 15 feet. Wow. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll post a video in the chat, in our chat. Um, I went, I went on a trail with, with my friend and I had just been to the trail like over the weekend and this was like, it was like a Tuesday and I had, I had gone there on Saturday and I didn't see anything. So we go like after work and um, like, it's almost, it's like dusk, like the sun's starting to set and we go on the trail and we're walking and I'm like, Oh look, this is where I was. This is as far as I made it on Saturday. And as we get to the point where I made it, it was a fucking like eight foot cro- uh, alligator just, chilling in the middle of that section of the trail so it, it's not moving or anything so we just we take some pictures and we just we keep going when when it was time to go back we we, we passed by that that area and he's not there anymore and i'm like wouldn't it be funny if he was like on the trail heading back to the car and uh my friend's like yeah but what the hell would we do i was like, i don't know it's probably out there it's probably in the brush uh well we keep walking about a hundred feet later there he is in the middle of the trail just just laying there and like that was the only way to get to the car was to go either you know around him or 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 through him so i'm like you know this is what we'll do we'll get close and uh as we get closer we'll just run around because they have a hard time like running and turning you're supposed to run in a zigzag when you when you run away from them. So I'm like, so we'll get close, and then as we get as we get close, we'll just run around. Well, I got probably like maybe like six feet away from him, and all of a sudden he just kind of like gets up and he turns his head back at me, and he just starts snarling at me. Oh God! And then he and that, but then like I guess the, now, the, did you did you lose did you lose just partial bowel at that point or did you like, <laughs> <laughs> I jumped back like I probably jumped back like a good like three or four feet of how much he startled me but I guess he's kind of like used to the humans in, in the in the park and he kind of he just walked away and he uh, he goes into like the into like where the, the bushes are and the trees and uh, but it scared the shit out of us I, I, I had never been so scared in my life I'm like he's gonna turn around he's gonna fucking destroy us right now and they run um, pretty fast too. So they do. Like, like we later on, we, we faster were than you. How, yeah, how fast they run? It's like twenty miles an hour, or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we would have been fucked. Really? Um, but uh, man, I'm a little I'm tubby, not... man. He, he, he talk about going after <laughs> hanging. <free. laughs> I'm gonna post a video of the chair and you guys can see wow. how close I was. Right. Well, we should probably wrap it up because I know we've had. Uh, I've kind of gone off topic a little bit here at the end, but uh, hey, but I do appreciate everybody uh, listening and we'll uh, get back to it next week. Um, as y'all know, everything has been suspended for this week and uh, you know, our, our thoughts go out to the folks uh, down in not just Mexico city, but also in Morelos and, and Puebla and, and Tlaxcala who are, uh, are going through a real heavy, a real, real, a very difficult time right now. And we, we wish them the best. And uh, we wish uh, y'all the best as well. Thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to you again next week on the uh, Cantina Amicus podcast. Thanks very much.